Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Small Council. So uh, this episode is we're wrapping up our little, uh, you know, group of episodes talking about all the factions. Uh, we only got a couple left before Depticon. And uh, even though our next couple factions are, they don't have a lot to them, uh, we still feel they're important to talk about because, you know, there's some of you out there that, you know, regardless of how many tools you have at your disposal, you're still going to be playing them at Adepticon. So we only see it fair to, you know, talk about them either way. Uh, but tonight's uh, episode is going to be about Baratheons, if you haven't already seen the title. Um, but, you know, there's not much to them, but I think they definitely uh, – are strong enough to hold their own, and we're going to go over some ways to uh, help you guys do that. Uh, tonight with us, we have Brett, Justin, and Jose, and I think Chris might be coming on a bit later, uh, but we'll see. Uh, so yeah, um, luckily we're able to get Jose on. Uh, he's our Baratheon uh, expert, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's definitely excited to talk about Renly more than anything else. Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, so a rundown of our show is uh, we do a weekly uh, show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we do it live so that you guys can call in and interact with us. Uh, and, yeah, and anyone that can't make our live show, I know we have a lot of listeners from you know either overseas or in just much different time zones, or maybe we just do our show at, you know, a time that is just not very good for you. Uh, we do have all of our shows uh, recorded on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the Blog Talk Radio website, of course. So um, without further ado, I suppose we will jump right into, uh, you know, Baratheons. So let's... Uh, Oh, let's start with Renly. What do you think, uh, Jose? You think save the best for last? <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. So, if anyone hasn't picked up on this, uh, Dave is totally joking with me. I usually only play Stannis. Um, nothing <clears throat> nothing against Renly, per se, but um, Stannis is my favorite, uh, one of my favorite characters, um, like just in the whole Game of Thrones um, thing. So I, I usually only really play Stannis. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can talk about, about Renly. Um, so, uh, as far as he goes, my thoughts, um, I think he, he is really good. I think he's the, between the two commanders out right now, Stannis and Renly, I think he's probably the one that's going to be the easiest to pick up. Um, just because I feel like a lot of his cards are really straightforward. Um, they a lot of them focus on just uh, healing and kind of boosting uh, boosting morale. Um, and um, I so I, I think that you know those are pretty straightforward. Um, so like I said, anyone who's wanting to give Bratheon a shot, um, you know, or if you're newer to the game, or whatever, he may be someone who you'd be able to pick up quicker. Um, and then I think. Um, you know, if if I I have made like mock lists with him, and if I were to run him in something, um, I would put him in a warden unit. Um, reason being is because he gives out his bubble plus one morale for, um, for within short range, uh, and it really helps. Um, 
the other units in the army, especially the Sentinels, who are actually my least favorite unit um, that's been released for them, just because of their morale is super high, and I feel like they're just tough to use. Um, they don't really, in my opinion, they don't really vibe with the rest of the army. Um, so I, I put them in the wardens just to keep them alive and just to kind of give that bubble out to the other units uh, that might need more. Um, but those are – that's my thoughts. Um, uh, and then as far, and as far as his cards go, I would say <clears throat> my favorite card of his um, is uh, Wealth and Charisma. Um, I like that card. I think uh, it can really help uh, in a pinch. Uh, I'm not saying his other cards are bad, but that's probably my favorite one that he has. Um, and then, you know, before I, I guess, keep talking too much, <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you guys think <laughs> oh, of uh, Renly? Yeah, I mean, Renly, I, it's hard to say. So, like, Stannis, I was super gung-ho for. And so when the it first, I finally got my hands on it after waiting forever uh, to get it. Uh, I was just, I guess, a little disappointed with Stannis compared to Renly. Renly just seemed to be way more up my alley, and uh, it was a little, a little disappointing because I was all excited to just, you know, Stannis and nothing else sort of play. Um, but I mean, uh, we'll get to Stannis, but let's just say that's definitely changed as of, uh, you know, recently. Uh, but yeah, Renly, his cards. Between uh, his morale buff uh, and his cards healing so much, he's definitely the more, uh, the, I guess, defensive of the two. Um, being able to you know, heal uh, the tokens with his uh, wealth of charisma if you wanted to. And then um, Baratheons have a card, uh, what's it called, that uh, also heals tokens. Um, Stag's Wit. So he just adds to that. And with Renly, there's a good chance that anyone who's like super token focused, like possibly Stannis himself, uh, is not <laughs> going to be able to get much tokens off um, if you're able to combine Stag with, with uh, his named card. So uh, as, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Jose. Uh, I would definitely put him in Wardens. And the reason being is uh, Stag Knights and... Um, and Sentinels just aren't defensive enough, and they die too quickly uh, if your opponent is, you know, determined. And you want Renly's bubble to stay active, and he has uh, two cards that one is when he activates, so if he dies, it eventually, it essentially makes, uh, they will make me king useless. And then um, the younger, bolder, and more, uh, far more comely uh, has a really awesome added effect if within long of him. So you definitely want Renly to live. Uh, and um, Wardens is definitely the best option uh, that you have. I mean, if we're talking neutrals, then um, another defensive unit you could put him in would be um, uh, Bolton Blackguard. But I just don't really feel like they fit well with... Uh, the tools they have currently. Maybe once they get some more stuff and maybe if they have some like vicious here or like some morale uh, modifiers, then you could do Blackguard would uh, work a bit better. But as of right now, yeah, definitely Wardens is where you're going to want to place him. 
Yeah, uh, <clears throat> exactly. And um, <clears throat> well, I was going to say also that, um, yeah, that two, exactly we said, two of his cards, that they focus on him being alive, which kind of gives him that, like, Ned Stark feel a little bit. Um, so that is another reason why I like to put him in the, the wardens too. So, so, I mean, I would, I was thinking, if I was to play him. <laughs> and yeah, I would and say, too, I would agree with you that on release, on paper, definitely Renly, I was like, man, Renly is definitely, you know, the commander to be using. But then, you know, as as I played more, and, and I think I was also, like, really determined to, like, be good with Stannis. Um, I, I've, I, think, I think he's still very good. Uh, I like him a lot. So, but I, I at first when they first released, I was like, definitely everyone's gonna be using Renly, but it's not necessarily. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Uh, Renly's other commander is uh, so the one he currently has is the the morale bubble. Everyone within six inches gets plus one, but it does not include himself. Uh, and that's again why you would want wardens because you put him in. Uh, Stagnites, I suppose, aren't like the weakest thing to put him in, but you really lose out on his ability past the first uh, full ranks. So it's kind of a, you know, either you're at full and you get his benefit or you're at second or last and get the stag's benefit. So, but with Sentinels, they're, you know, four up, seven up, and he's not giving it to himself. Uh, and then his other ability is the same as Jamie uh, Lannister. You get uh, you count as one more rank than you are, and plus two if you're at full. But his other uh, attack or his other commander is um, uh, I can't even read what it says. But he has an ultimate Lord Paramount of the Storm. Yeah, that's there. <laughs> you go. Um, he can never be targeted by enemy tactics cards or influence effects, uh, which is huge. Um, I would say it's similar to Stannis' ability to not have any tokens placed on his unit. Uh, the ability to not have, um, to be targeted by something like that is a big deal, especially like Lannisters, you know, playing like the, um, the, extra minus to the morale, what's that one called? Hear me roar. Yeah, hear me roar. I kept wanting to call it fealty to the crown. Um, no. You know, not being able to be targeted by that or just any other effect that's going to hurt your uh, hurt your unit. Um, granted, Cersei. it is the only, yep, Cersei uh, influences like that um, uh, is pretty big. But unfortunately, I it's think the only actually... effect he has. Well, I think he would technically be immune to uh, the half hand. I, the half hand is the new hotness. Um, I don't think so. Since uh, wait, that is that an that's not an influence. That's an ability. Uh, let me read the card. Is it can't be affected by enemy influences and in cards, or is it yes. MCU abilities? They never be said. targeted. It uh, can't be targeted by one. Um, so the no, card would have cards to be influencing. Or okay. Yeah. So, if, so no, he would he would still be able to be hit by the hat man. So disregard me. Disregard okay. me. But you could not uh I believe you cannot half hand his unit by killing him and not being able to be activated. So you could ensure that um or no, I, I suppose it's not an influence effect. It doesn't say yeah, an enemy. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, okay, yeah. So it. we were discussing oh, okay. on the Nightwatch podcast I did, there are things that um are immune to um the reigns of Casimir and stuff, so um I think it's Jor. I, I they can't be that's why I was getting confused, so just disregard me. We don't want to start going back and forth on stuff. So I was thinking it would be <laughs> no, like good. that, but it's a little bit less cool, so he can't be influ- he can't yeah. influence it. So seriously, yes, he's immune to that, but some of the things that aren't technically an influence, he still can't really block, but it's still a great ability. So I'm going to stop interrupting you. You keep talking. And the <laughs> no, plus side good. is he's got a sweet hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah, he gets, like, a new model cool. with the hat on. Hat maketh man. <laughs> um, he does have one of his three cards for this version released uh, or uh, revealed, which is when a friendly combat unit containing an attachment is destroyed. So unfortunately, it's a very specific uh, situation, and it adds another when destroyed effect, which uh, when we get to Stannis, I'll talk a little more about that. But... Uh, one other friendly combat unit that contains an attachment may make one free charge action against the attacker or may remove their activation token, if any. So, uh, again, the not only is the trigger specific, but the effect is specific in who it targets. So you're going to have to have a unit with an attachment die to then target a unit with an attachment. So it sounds like you know, it's only speculation what his other two cards could be, but it could be a attachment-focused Renly version, uh, especially if, like, a lot of his other two cards both have the stipulation for attachments. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think definitely it looks like it's gearing up for that. And then I think also that um, I think it just encourages Renly to maybe take, like, you know, more wardens and stuff. There's only, you know, there's only one point and stuff, and then you just throw one in every unit or something, you know, every unit has an, an attachment. Um, I mean, I think because they revealed a few, of, uh, a few of their other stuff, and I don't think – I'm looking here. Or maybe they're just all commanders. Uh, yeah, I think they're all commander versions. Yeah, so, I mean, we don't really – I guess we don't really know what the characters are going to look like as far as how much they'll be. Maybe they'll have more characters that will be cheaper – um, you know, if not, you can do like a bunch of wardens. I also think that Renly seems like bo- I think both versions of him, the one that's out right now and the one we're talking about, I think that they're kind of gearing up for it to be, be like a more like, I don't know, like elite army in the sense of like you may be okay running four units instead of five um, just with, you know, different things like Running like in the the new version of Remy running more attachments, and then the older the, the version that's already out, you know, with all the healing and stuff, it may just be kind of leaning towards a more like elitist defensive army. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the healing. Uh, that's one thing about healing is healing will always be more, uh, you know, uh, beneficial on a more tougher unit. You know, for example, if you heal three wounds to a raider unit compared to healing three uh, wounds to a uh, Flademan unit, those three wounds, or even a giant, you know, that's a big difference in the value of that three wounds. So if you're running a more elite army with all of Renly's healing, uh, you're really going to get more bank for your buck with each healed wound. I was going to make a joke that I'd rather heal the Raiders than the Flademan. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you know, they're definitely uh Slademen are only like worth two points now. <laughs> Hard two and a half. Nah, yeah. We'll we'll say maybe three, but on a good day. Yeah, if, <laughs> if the stars align. <laughs> just, just kidding. Anyways, um, so uh, one good list uh, I'll throw out there real quick for Renly um, right now, because I feel like unless you're talking all stagnites, you're not really going to be able to run like an elite list yet with them uh, or with like Brathians in general. Um, and has, this list has done very well for me ever since I made it. It's uh, just five uh, uh, wardens uh, with Renly in one of them. The other four all have Stormcrow lieutenants. And then you take Alistair, Peter, and uh, Shira. And you're guaranteed, unless, you're, of course, your opponent has um, Varus and or has their own Alistair, uh, you're guaranteed to have the money bag five out of six rounds to trigger those lieutenants. And the lieutenants in Wardens is amazing because Master Wardens and Wardens, you're just adding more defense to an already well-defensive unit that they, you know, hit like, you know, wet noodles. They don't really punch hard enough. Even if you're attacking multiple times, it usually doesn't mean much if you're only doing a little bit each time. But the lieutenant's adding that extra attack die and sundering really uh, makes them hit above their uh, their weight limit. So I would definitely uh, suggest trying out that list. Uh, and the reason Varus could mess up that list is not because, like, um, is just because they could stop you from using Peter to, like, take a different spot. Or no, sorry. They could be from uh, using Alistair to swap spots if your opponent takes you know the money uh, before you can on their turn. Uh, but Peter allows you on your turn to take the money and trigger the attack. That way, not only are you ensuring that you have the money for the rest of the round, you're also still getting that attack, and uh, you happening you're happening to get the bonus from the money bag for that free attack on top of everything. So uh, your unit with Renly is going to have the buff in attacks for the plus two attack dice or counting as one higher rank because of Renly's ability, so they'll have more offense there. And then each of your other wardens will also have a lot of offense. Now, uh, they are really slow. I mean, they're four movement for each, so this is not a list you're going to want to run in, like, all the different scenarios. So... Um, if you're playing in a tournament where you're only allowed one list, this probably wouldn't be the best one. Because if you run to like Clash of Kings, you're going to have a hard time with, you know, if you're, I mean, you're going to be more defensive, so you shouldn't be dying left and right. But when they do die and they have to try to run up the field to get back in the fight, it's going to take a bit. So. Um, Justin, uh, I forget. So are you, uh, are you more loyal uh, Renly or Stannis? Renly all the way. All right. So what do you think? I Let's like get Renly. your insight of anything that comes to mind. Just in general about Renly? Yeah. Uh, Are Renly we adding the new commander? Yeah, or... so the new. Yeah. speaking of the new commander, I actually 
think that card is very meh, personally. I mean, it's the ability is really good, don't get me wrong, but that trigger is super specific, and it hamstrings you into bringing attachments you may not want to. But we've definitely talked about the Stormcrow lieutenants, which are, like, my, my love. I don't care. I use them all <laughs> the time now. It's the best unit release I ever got. Um, they are fantastic <laughs> in Wardens, and I love Wardens. I think Wardens are phenomenal. Um, I agree. Renly having his healing cards is super nice. Although I will say, um, not they will make me king, not bolder and more calmly. Uh, the other one, the D three plus one wounds when he activates. Yeah, that one. That one always grinds my gears. If I always roll a one, <laughs> getting two wounds back is a is awful. <laughs> like, what are you doing with two wounds? <laughs> Uh, that's mostly luck. Four wounds is nice, of course, but just like the rest of the Brathian deck, that's where the the problem lies, is uh, that trigger, when Renly's unit activates, perhaps you want to use one of your other, like, three when unit activates triggers. So that's that's the problem. Uh, It's it's a struggle. I mean, it's nice to be able to have so many when a unit activates card, but you're not able to cycle through your cards, although... I think some of the new abilities from stuff we've seen leaked will aid with that endeavor, such as that uh, three-point old dude NCU that allows you to draw three, just put one at the bottom of your deck, I think. Uh, just replace the spot for it. I think that'll be very useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I'm guessing uh, you don't have, you're not swapping that new card, right? Because no, uh, the other ones say specifically on their Davos. Um the the movement one swaps with Ars of the Fury for Davos. Yeah, it like tells you to do that. So if that was mm-hmm. the case it would have said so on the, the card, right? Correct. Gotcha. So or at least what do you that think would about... be a safe assumption. <laughs> yeah. So uh you know we were gonna kinda go put uh over the the new stuff uh at the end, but I think because you know, each little topic is kind of short. Might as well throw them in there uh, while we're talking about Renly. What do you think about Olena uh, Tyrell? Uh, so when I first saw her and her counterpart when they announced them, uh, I was like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to pay five points. But after like a couple days of like sitting on it, uh, it grew and grew on me. I don't think it's like, you know, like, ooh, such a great five point. Like, I think Melisandre's a broken ass five point. Sorry. Um, but Alina, I think, after stewing it for a couple of days, uh, I think she's going to be a ridiculously valuable NCU, depending on the type of meta and the type of army you're fighting. Well, is it, you, do you think it's kind of funny how, uh, and I like it to be to throw it out there real quick, how a lot of all the stuff that keeps coming out completely ends up being the counter uh, to each other. So, like, you were just mentioning about uh, Mel and how she's, like, ridiculous. Well, Elena shuts her off. Like, or, like, how Renly heals all these tokens. Stannis passes out a bunch of tokens. So, do you think uh, that's... I'm, I'm almost positive that can't be a coincidence. Well, I'm sure they designed it that way. I don't know if I... Like, I mean, that's fine. I, I I don't dislike it. I don't like it. I don't care, I guess. No offense or anything. Uh, I think perhaps <laughs> I should be focusing on this new faction countering other factions instead of countering itself. 
seems kind of weird. <laughs> hey, you're going to be well, great against yourself. No, so Elaine is a really, really hard counter to Walter Frey. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, I, I think someone who's invested, it's particularly a non-neutral player, has invested five points into Walter, Walter Frey. They're generally really, really, really banking on Walter Frey to work. And uh, it's a conversation I have all the time. It's like, well, it's just one point. Walter Frey is just one point more than Varys. But it's like, yeah, okay. So in Night's Watch, that's the difference between veterans and sworn brothers. And uh, veterans are exponentially more survivable. And they add a lot to a list from the defensive uh, standpoint. So it's not just one point in an NCU. A five-point NCU is a huge sink. So for her to be able to completely, basically shut him off, um, unless they're going to waste all of their Varus tokens on her, uh, yes, it's pretty big. She's pretty big. So Walder's oh, yeah. really big right now. She's like the anti-Walder. So it's not just within the Baratheon <clears throat> faction. I think she's a nightmare against so many things. Um, like I've been running a lot of Donald Noy. So if they put her on the board first, there's a possibility that I might not even be able to use any of my Donald Noy tokens. So, um, yeah, she's pretty good. <laughs> she's pretty damn solid. So I think when I first saw no. her, the thing that bothered me about it, and which is why I said like I had a stew on it, and then I got okay with it, was just the fact that you're paying five points to shut off an NCU and then do what every other NCU does. Yeah. Which, well, so you I get think, to claim yeah. a zone for five points, essentially, and you and your opponent just cancel each other out. But if they're cheaper than you, then you're on the losing side of that. But the ability to shut off like your opponent's plans, I think, is why the extra points. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the big part of it. Like a, a Searcy Lannister, a, a Lannister player generally brings things that maybe they don't hit as hard, and they're relying on Searcy to add the negative two to their morale to really kind of carry that list. Yep. And with her shut off... I mean, a Lannister list is pretty screwed. She's just one example. Uh, Amon mm-hmm. and Night's Watch, they're really banking on Amon being able to heal, and she can shut him off. And then at that point, if they cover up the money bags, then you don't really have any way to heal your guys because Amon can't do it. So I think it's pretty big, and well, it's definitely worth one point in my book. So another thing I think is why like she's worth more than what she's shutting off is the fact that she'll have options. So the, even though if you end up shutting off a, even a three-point NCU, uh, if your opponent has two or three NCUs to choose from, you have all these options of things to shut down of your opponent. And you, the nice thing is, is that you can shut them out, down at any time. So when I first read her, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to shut her down or if I have to use her immediately to shut down whatever they have. But if what you want to shut down is Cersei, you could wait for them to use Cersei on a spot, place Cersei, and then decide whether or not you want to shut her off by then activating Elena to shut her off after the fact. Granted, she'll still be um, uh, influencing the unit with no effect. As you know, and the reason I say that is that somehow you shut off Elena, then Cersei's still on the unit. But uh, but yeah, you could wait. You'd be like, oh, why would you, you know, because sometimes they could misplay and they could Cersei the wrong unit or a unit you could care less about. And you're like, oh, well, you know, now that I know that you're doing that, I don't even care to Olana that NCU. I'll Olana the next one. Um, so, yeah, I definitely can, think she's... Can she cancel Varys? She can cancel Varys, right? Uh, yeah. She can turn them off. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she can turn off any NCU. 
Yeah. yeah. So, okay. so essentially, like, if someone doesn't use Varus on her, then then basically she can turn off Varus for the rest of that round, and then Varus is useless. Correct. Yeah, they're yeah, going to have to Varus her every turn. Otherwise, they just turn Varus off. Which is kind of like right. a like a double-sided sword, too, because then they essentially have to be using their Varus tokens on her instead of someone else, and then she still right. shuts them off. So it's like a yeah. Yeah, like a <laughs> double kick in the balls. <laughs> yeah, now that Varus. I think about it, there'd be no reason to actually use a Varus token on her. Because if you're using your tokens on her, you're not using it on something else. And if you're, you know... If you're not, if you're using them all on her, you might as well just keep them. You know, why use them on her, unless you plan to later in the round use it on their next NCU or something. But uh, when, if they're if smart, they're going to use her first, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, well, no, I mean Varys not her later in the round. I mean Var- Varus later in the round. Yeah, yeah. If you had a really, Brett, what were you saying, Brett? You I was just saying, if you had a really, really clutch round where you knew you were going to uh, need Varus, like as the game is developing later on. Uh, this actually happened against me last night. Um, you guys know John Cash. He saved all of his Varus tokens until right at the very end of the game. And it was like in, in clutch time when I really needed zones. And he fired four Varus tokens off in a row. <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> so in a situation yep. like that where you can kind of gauge the battlefield and you're like, okay, he's going to have to have the horse to get over in this spot with this unit. He really needs to heal this unit, and um, he really is uh, running out of cards in counterplay. Then at that point, you're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut off Alana because Varus is doing work this round. I think that's the situation where you might consider using a Varus token on her. But other than that, Dave is absolutely right. She is a very, very nice option for counterplay. And even with Walter Frey, back to him, you don't have to use her every time on Walter Frey. If you plop her on the crown when you're the first player, then Walter Frey shut off. Now you can shut off another one of their NCUs, and they've effectively lost like eight, nine points in NCUs in one activation. Dude, that's brutal. So, Yep. And a lot of times, uh, Walter Frey, with the exception of maybe some neutralists with Roos, Walter Frey, a lot of the times, means you only have two NCUs, at least in most lists that I've seen. Because five points is a big investment unless you happen to have, I don't think anyone does, but unless you happen to, I guess like Starks or whatnot, but um, unless you happen to have two three-point NCUs, uh, you know, paying five points and then four points and then three points, I mean, that's a lot of points in NCUs. Um, so yeah, usually only you're only going to see two anyways. Even though I n- <laughs> never use Arya, like, ever. <laughs> Not that I think she's bad. It just, I don't know, I just never find my way into using her. So uh, Next up, bad. though, we have <laughs> we have uh, Eldon uh, Estermont. Um, he's a healed commander. Um, so one thing I want to point out real quick with his uh, tactics card, uh, Hefty Ransom, um, it replaces, uh, what card is it? Or is this the one that replaces one? No, no, it doesn't replace anything. Oh, okay. That's, is that the other uh, Davos' movement one. Yeah, it's Davos' secret. Oh, okay, yeah. So, but, so this is a Renly-only uh, loyalty. And, again, he adds another when uh, 
a unit is destroyed card. So, I mean, I'm starting to see like a theme with a lot of these commanders. Uh, Kill I mean, me. Stannis has one. Renly has one. Uh, uh, Elden Estermont has one. I mean, not a lot of commanders in this game have a card that adds when you die. It's like what um, uh, Jon Snow and uh, uh, Great John. Is that like it? I think there might be one more out there. But yeah, like adding a when destroyed card is brutal. Because even though they're so strong... Oh yep. Um, so even though they they're always a very strong effect, and in my opinion, they're all worth sucks having for when destroyed cards in your deck because you only have usually about five units, you know, with the exception of like free folk, and you know maybe like wolf lists or you know something, you know, with a lot of like little stuff, but on average, in most every game that I've seen, you're looking at four or five units with the rare occasion of six. Uh, And not only is the number of units you have a big deal, but drawing it early, you only have a 20-card deck. From those out there that are listening that are coming from a TCG background, you know, building your deck all comes down to uh, building it in such a way to factor the chances of drawing something and not diluting your deck. So... Uh, unfortunately, some of these uh, options don't have a choice, but, uh, you know, because you have very limited, uh, it's, you know, you have your deck and then you have a commander. But that's also going back to, like, Great John, why I, a uh, big reason why I ended up tr- starting to choose Blackfish over Great John early on is because of that diluting my deck. You know, when four of 20 cards are all when you're destroyed, your chances are, like, almost 50% or something like that, that you draw one of those cards in your opening hand and almost guaranteed that you draw it in the next uh, couple cards. So, um, I mean, granted, they're very powerful, but a lot of times you draw them early, they end up being just dead cards. Because, uh, I mean, you're not going to, especially in this deck, Rathians have a lot of triggers that uh, overlap. You're not going to want to be holding on to stuff. This is definitely, in my opinion, the deck where, unfortunately, because of how strong the deck is, it all they had to make the triggers the way they are, and you have to use them right away. You know, you, you can't really be saving, you know, like uh, other factions can kind of save them. Not a lot, like not for like a whole round or something, but you can kind of like wait it out and use them. Uh, the Brassian deck, just to make sure you get its full like value, you have to fire off the cards immediately when like the triggers arise. Uh, arise. Otherwise you could be sitting with like the same, you know, you barely get through half your deck in the, an entire game uh, because of how, you know, many triggers uh, overlap with each other. So I just want to point that out about uh, his uh, card, which um, is when a unit uh, is destroyed by melee, when a friendly unit is destroyed by uh, melee, you gain one victory point. The attacker then may, uh, the attacker then restores up to D3 plus one wounds. So, um, I mean, that card is awesome in the sense that you have two of them (laughs) and you only need 10 points to win if you're playing a 40 point game I mean you're basically negating 
the point that they're going to get by killing you, that's a big deal. Like, especially if, uh, you know, it's down to the wire and you're like, I just need to kill this one unit to ensure my victory. And you go, nope, I am now back tied with you, you know, or something like that. So I couldn't agree more. Uh, it, it, we, I think we've discussed this plenty of times having, you've got to lose four guys before you go through all your cards and me being a neutral player, I'm great at going through all 20 of my cards. Uh, so I don't have to get used to not, but it is nice when you do abruptly lose someone, you're like, well, I happen to have this card and I don't know, not all the time, but I think a lot of times when a unit does abruptly die on you, uh, it doesn't matter if your opponent heals D three plus one. So that part, I don't even care about at all, but if you just need an extra victory point and you just lost a unit and you got nothing else to play, why not play it? There's not a single reason not to. Yep, and yeah, unfortunately, so I think it's a nice card that's, Yeah, unfortunately, this card is so good in my opinion that if I drew it early, I'd be so tempted to hold it. Just like I don't mm, know. Yeah, it, I I value victory points so much in this game because it's all about like you know if you're able to plan plan it out and like just get an early lead off of like little things with victory points, whether it be like sneaky objective grabs while distracting in other areas. And then even though you're getting your butt handed to you on the field, you're winning in victory points. And then you have something like this. I mean, it's invaluable. Oh, for and sure. something that you're something that your opponent's going to have to have in the back of their mind, but you know, they're never really going to be ready for, I don't think not unless, you know, you, have gone through a bunch of your deck and they haven't seen one yet, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, I love this card. Um, but his ability each time this unit performs an, uh, an action, you may discard one tactics card to place any one condition token on an enemy within short range. Now that is amazing. That turns the deck into utility. Uh, the fact that it's every action, not activation. So you can give them the free attack, then the free maneuver, then, you know, just you could start pitching all these cards that, you know, you draw two start-of-round cards. You're like, great, I don't want to hold this card until the next round. I want to draw new cards, you know. Uh, you draw, like, three when-activate cards, but you don't, you know, you don't have that many units engaged or, you know, or maybe none are engaged, and the you know when you activate isn't really helping you or something. This is just an all-around amazing ability. Granted, it's within short range, but still, I feel like again, Baratheon's biggest drawback, uh, with you know, ex with the exception of lack of options, but that's just you know that's something you have to suffer with when you're that's a really big faction. One. Yeah, that's just something you, you know, with the exception of neutrals, you have to suffer through for a little bit until they start getting their stuff. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so their only real drawback, I think, is the tactics deck. And it's only a drawback when you compare, like, the strength of each individual card is so much better, in my opinion, than most of the you know, the, every other deck out there. And that's why they gave them all these conflicting timings so that you couldn't cause imagine if all these cards had different timings, their deck would be busted. Like without a doubt, in my opinion, their deck would just be busted. If you could just rattle them off with combos and play all these cards, cause you just have all these attack 
free attacks and free boosts that it's insane. So, but he definitely uh, helps with that, and I always find that invaluable uh, with a commander is sometimes when you can take your weakness and turn it into a positive, uh, and that's I guess that kind of goes back with like Jor uh, Mormont. You know, Night's Watch only real weakness is they don't have a way to boost their morale uh, effectively, um, and he does that. So, um, what do you think, uh, Justin? Me again? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, You're our so I'm actually really glad that you <laughs> you mentioned that because I don't really like his ability, nor do I like his counterpart's ability. Or I guess I should say. I didn't, but you bring up a ridiculously valid point. If you're just going to discard cards, start performing his actions at the end of the round, start throwing tokens out at the end of the round, prepare for next round. If you're going to discard those cards anyway, screw it. Toss them. Uh, I think it's it's a pretty good point. Uh, Though within short range makes it a little harder. Definitely, uh, especially because early game is when you're discarding the cards at the end of the round. And early yeah. game, nothing's going to be within short range. Yeah, I mean, it is a big drawback to have to give give up, a, you know, a, all their cards other than, like, in my opinion, like Stag's uh, Wit is amazing. Stag's Wit, I think, is fine. <laughs> it's, it's not, like, garbage or anything. It's just, in my opinion, it's the weakest card in the deck. But... Uh, but I think, like, discarding any of your cards, it's so hard to part with it, you know, for just passing out a condition. But if you're not getting any use out of them, you, uh, for anyone, like, new or listening out there, just eat through your deck the best you can. If you end the game with only going through, like, half your deck and your opponent went through their whole deck, chances are, not always, but chances are uh, they're probably winning. Um your cards add so much strength to your debt or to your faction, but if they're doing nothing for you but sitting in your hand, just get rid of them. A free token is way better than just a dead card or a card that you keep planning to use but can never do it. Can't tell you how many times like I've held cards in my hand with Baratheons and the opponent does something, retreats, and then I'm no longer engaged, or gets a lucky kill on me and then I'm not engaged, or you know, has some uh winter is coming or just all these effects that no tactics cards, and then I'm just sitting here like, uh, you're, you're holding all these cards, and you need to get rid of them. You need to cycle through your deck and just use all their effects, and he's definitely a perfect way to, uh, you know, make use of uh, a bad situation. Uh, what about you, Jose? I know you're uh, you're Stannis, but are you, even though, I mean, this isn't really Renly, even though he's loyalty to Renly, how do you feel about him? Yeah, no, I mean, um, I remember when I first read this card when he first came out, I was, um, <clears throat> I thought his, his, like, tactics card he brought was really good, but um, I thought his ability at first glance, I was like, well, that's garbage. Like, why would you want to dump cards? But he definitely made a good point um, <laughs> as far as, like, when – I hadn't really thought of that. Um, but that's a, re- that's a really good point, though. Um, so, I mean, I think you guys really kind of covered it, but uh, that's something that I think, you know, if anyone – that's like the biggest takeaway from him, I think, is how to use his uh, ability of his attachment. Um, because I think, I mean, I think anyone who, when you play him, I think you probably would have figured that out. Like anyone would have figured that out. But like just 
you know, at first glance, it, it just to me it seemed like it was like a a terrible ability, but it's really not because we have so many of the same triggers. Like I know as a Stannis player, I, I think I counted all the triggers once, and it was like five or six only. So I have like you know twenty cards. And have <laughs> I think five it's four. Tri- I have five triggers. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, so you're always I'm constantly deciding which one to do. You know, in this situation, should I save this one? Should I use this one? And then I I found myself dumping cards too. Um, one of the most dumb cards is Stag's Wit. Um, again, it's not a bad card, but you know. So it, it, I think it's a, you brought up a good point. I think if you're gonna dump cards or if you have too many of the same triggers, like yeah, I mean just use it, get the token out there. Why not? So see, I want I want to take a second to talk about Stag's Wit. So the card on paper looks amazing. I mean, it, but it just never happens. Like I think <laughs> I, like out of 12 games total I've had with Baratheons. Uh, well, maybe it's more because I, I ran them in two tournaments and that's six games alone. So, I mean, it's maybe more like closer to 18 games. Um, so, but I've only gotten it off once and I didn't even get the second part. <laughs> I, I, I was able to take a weekend off, which was nice. But, I mean, it's one of those that, yes, in the perfect situation, especially if you're like, you know, Tywin, NCU, and like all the tokens, and then you go, ha, and now you have all the tokens, and you're, it never happens. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there, uh, and if it has happened for you, I'm happy for you. Uh, but Yeah, it sounds like uh, a big kick in the with... teeth for your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get all the, the tokens. Has... Just kidding, it's on you. Oh. <laughs> yep. So, uh it's definitely has potential. It just never triggers. And so that's why we don't say it's like garbage or bad card. It just never, I guess there's no other way to put it. It just never happens. Uh, but if it would, then it'd be invaluable. You, you know, if you were able to get it off, the problem is the timing. If you were, if it was like, um, I, I'm forgetting all the names tonight. Uh, what's the anytime card, Justin, for uh, neutrals? Adaptive methods, which one of these fools definitely has a card for as well. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if it was, if Stag's Wit was an anytime effect, granted that would be super powerful. Uh, I mean, it'd be different. Even, I guess if it had any other <laughs> trigger than when you activate, <laughs> if it was more of a re a reactive uh, ability, it would definitely. Uh, you know, be different. But the fact that you have to activate means that a lot has probably happened since the tokens, and they've probably used one on you, whether it be the panic or the vulnerable or both. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I just want to go off on that tangent a little bit, especially if anyone, Simon, is listening. I don't want it to seem like we think the card is garbage. We just, it never goes off. <laughs> so, um, but the rest of the deck is amazing. It just, it has that drawback. But, uh, I think we'll go on. I think the last uh, Renly piece, which is um, where is it? Sorry, I'm looking through all my uh, stuff here. We got uh, Courtney. Is, uh, is that how you say it? Penrose. Game, Courtney right? Penrose. Yeah, uh, I, I mean Courtney, that's hard. That's how I pronounce it. Um, so it's an he's an NCU commander. Uh, which is awesome. I really, to be totally honest with you, I didn't, uh, if you were to ask me, I don't. I wouldn't say uh, they. I wouldn't have thought they would have an NCU commander in the the next uh, box. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's not that far fetched. I mean, 
every faction of Again, the like free folk have been three commander. <laughs> yeah, so it's not that far fetched. I just it's never crossed my mind. I just so but anyways, he's a an NCU commander that uh influences a unit. Uh, when influencing an enemy combat unit, each time that unit is targeted by a tactics zone, one of your combat units within long range may restore D3 wounds. So, um, because he's an uh, because this effect is on an NCU commander, I find the effect uh, pretty decent. Um, I wouldn't I don't know where I would rank him between all the NCU commanders, but if that effect was on an NCU I was paying for then I would not think it would be that great because the opponent could just easily dance around this, no problem. But the fact that you're getting it as a free effect um, is just, it's really nice. Um, and it still adds to the Renly feel of healing. Uh, granted, we don't know all of his cards yet, but you're, I mean, you're going to be losing all of Renly's healing cards. So that is one thing. Well, we know his but cards. Look at the, look at his thing. We know exactly what they do. Oh, counterplot, and which one is uh, surprise strategy? That's the one where you cancel tactics cards and bring a card back. That's like the is coolest it? thing yeah. about this commander. We know what they do pretty much, yeah. except maybe <laughs> the minor triggers. And they're sweet. Wait, who, has, who has surprise strategy? I uh, do. With, uh, deck? Um, Neutral. Is it in the... In the oh, there we go. So start of any turn, opponent may not play tax cards this turn. Remove this card from the game instead of discarding it. When it is played, you if you control the mail, you may also return it. To, oh man, that actually is amazing. Especially right? with this deck, and he if gets you counterplot. <laughs> yeah, and you already want. I mean, this was good designed by the Simon um, team. The fact that they chose an existing card that also needs a spot that they already want. Um. Uh-huh. And uh, so those that uh, are listening, uh, how we know what cards they're uh, using is uh, on his uh, commander card on the side with the points, it says the title of the three cards that he adds. I believe every commander does that. Um, Yep. And so... and because it says counterplot and it says surprise strategy, I highly doubt they're going to give the same name to a card and have it do something different. So um, I would I think, think it's that strong... the secondary, <laughs> I think the secondary triggers might be slightly different though. Yeah, Cause that, that is, is true because I think uh, devastating impact is slightly different for yeah, Targaryen. Yep. Am I wrong? Yep. Okay. No, yeah. you're so correct. that is it's a possibility. Different. So keep that in mind uh, if you're uh, listening out there that. The second ability could be different, but as far as I know, any card with the same name has at least the main part uh, as the the same effect. So in this and case, it would be, be sweet. Yep. In this case, you're. Uh, I think it's safe to say you're guaranteed to have opponents may not play tactics cards this turn. Remove this card from the game instead of discarding it uh, when it is played. Granted, if with that remove from the game effect, uh, does not make sense unless you have a similar uh, end effect. Recycling, the yeah, you I agree. To, yeah, it'd have to have some sort of recycling, otherwise removing it is pointless. Um, so I would say it's fairly safe to say that it's going to be a exact print, which is also something that is a possibility, because I believe Free Folk and Stark, both of their uh, swift advances are identical in every way. So I'm cool with so, yeah. this, because I love surprise so, strategy. 
and you're a Renly player, and there's a Renly commander, so I think it fits you well. And he's and, my favorite um, character out of all the Baratheons in the books that are not dead when <laughs> Clash starts. Uh, Courtney Penner is really cool, actually. I like him. So, let's see. Uh, the rest of the effects are um, his uh, other Taxis card, which is a new one, I believe, def- uh, Defensive Counter. When an unactivated friend, uh, friendly combat unit is attacked with melee before attack dice are rolled, man, that's a mouthful, uh, <laughs> uh, the attacker becomes weakened and their attack loses all abilities until the end of the turn. Now, that is It's not a new awesome. card, isn't it? Isn't that the same as uh, Roderick's? Roderick? Or you mean Dornell? It's, Nor- it's Donald Noy. Donald Noy, that's what it is. And it is a good card, but I played Donald Noy for a while. The only problem is the I have trigger that different, card though? Is an, no, it's the same. Unactivated really? is, is my problem with that card. So a lot of times you're going to want to play that card to keep one of your like powerhouse units alive, but you can't like not activate them. So... That was the problem I had with card. It is a fantastic card. No, yeah. As I was reading it, like the second effect, the non-trigger effect, it started like coming to mind. I'm like, oh, I, this sounds familiar. <laughs> but I just assumed because they show the picture and they don't show the other two, which are already existing cards, it just in my mind I was thinking this card wasn't out there yet. But yeah, now that no. we've mentioned it, yeah. Donald Noy uh, has this card. And yeah, it's... I mean, it's amazing, but it's very situational. Um, the fact that he's an NCU commander, though, I think helps rather than Donald Noy. The fact that, that you will have more ability to have more activations means you'll be able to um, not activate the unit. Uh, you'll be able to wait longer to activate the unit than you would in a, an elite Night's Watch list with you know, an, a field commander that has to pay for all of his NCUs. What do you think, Brett? No, I think it's a valid point. That and the fact that uh, wardens at five points are, like, good. And Pycross <laughs> is really lacking any good, cheap units. Uh, I'll save that argument about conscripts for but another conscripts. day. I don't, I, don't, I don't love them. What are you talking about? So. Conscripts are amazing. You're crazy. God, Brett, just we run them We will save that for another day. Brett, uh, run conscripts. <laughs> I largely agree with you. So I think with a, an NCU commander, you can push Baratheons up to eight activations pretty comfortably. So I, I dig it. Well, that list I gave earlier with Friendly actually is already eight activations. So if you take a similar list, uh, you could actually right. save four points uh, and run him because you could take out, yep. I don't know, either Peter or Alistair. And then now you could have... Um, uh, you could upgrade some of those five wardens and still have eight, or you could just um, uh, run like another warden. You could run like six wardens <laughs> and still have, and then you could have nine activations. Uh, yeah. Granted, you would have, I believe, two vanilla wardens in there, and then you'd have four with stormcrows. I think I don't know, but yeah. So I think you could even get up to nine activations and still have a solid list with this guy. So uh, and then make his defensive counter. Granted, then all you have to use him on is a a warden unit, which would still be good. But I'm saying uh, what I'm getting at is that it's not like you'd have a powerhouse unit that you're waiting to use this for. So 
yeah, overall, I mean, NCU Commander, strong. Just keep in mind, uh, NCU Commanders, they're strong in the sense that you're getting a free NCU, and that's why they have the downside in most most or half missions. I forget what the exact percentage of missions that have bonuses for field commanders, so keep that in mind. Um, make one list with a field commander at least, um, if not both, and then your second list could be the uh, NCU commander. That way you're not uh, losing out on those bonuses every single round or every sing yeah, round of the tournament. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of concludes our Renly. Uh, is there anything any of you guys wanted to add before we jump into the one true king? Yeah. <laughs> the one true king. I'll take no, we're, we're ready. I'll we're take... ready for the one true king. Weird, I don't All remember right, being so... king. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if he wins, he gets to write the books, right? I'd... Well, I guess he didn't die. We don't know for sure. We'll see. He will die. So, uh, anyway, so I'm going to go on a very short but uh, much-needed tangent that I want to go on, and that is Stannis and Bastard Girls. Oh, my goodness, is that an amazing unit? Is my favorite unit in the game, any faction, any anything right now, and I absolutely love it. I just one-shotted a giant the other day. I one-shotted vets with Gren. Granted, Gren doesn't add to the defensive value of the unit, but still it makes it a 10-point unit that I one-shot with Bastard Girls with a free commander in it, and it was amazing. It, I can't see myself until they come out with more units, running Stannis and anything else now. Uh, he makes Bastard Girls so amazing. So uh, the, the way you do it is he gives them critical blows. You have four dice when you shoot at long range uh, with critical blow hitting on threes, and then six dice hitting on threes with three rolls when you charge in because of Sikkim with critical blow, and then Vicious. So, But the way you make it powerful is you uh, you run three NCUs, so that way you can do this easily, is you take, uh, what's his name card? Um, let me look at it real quick. It is uh, Will the One True King replace the crown zone with play, uh, one, one vulnerable and one weakened on any unit, and they don't have to be the same unit, but in this case, you put all three on who you're shooting, or who you're about to attack. You put all three on there, and then you put uh, tactical, uh, at the beginning of the round or a previous round, you'll already have this attached, hopefully. You put tactical approach on them, uh, and that's uh, while attached, whenever they make an attack after defense, after defense dice are rolled, so you can see what they've done, and you can expend tokens um, uh, before it triggers, um, and then you can expend the token to do an additional D3 wounds. If it's Stannis, it's auto three. So how I one-shot the vets was I shot them, hit with three dice, one being critical blow. They rolled, failed two saves. Um, they then failed their panic by one and then took two more. I made them re-roll their dice with the vulnerable, and because they rolled another one, I was able to replace the vulnerable on them from their... Uh, their ability uh, from the longbows. Only you get and, that lucky. Yeah, and then I sick them, or, and then I expended the weakened token to add three auto wounds. So that is two, four, five, six, seven wounds from the shot. I then charge in and uh, now have six dice with critical blow and vicious, and then 
getting to re-roll the vulnerable if I needed, and then expending the panic or the vulnerable and doing another auto three wounds. And I just one-shotted the unit, and it was amazing. And the fact that you can just you can do this multiple times with Shira adding a condition token, taking the money bag uh, with Peter or something, and then taking the mail and placing condition. Uh, and and then you have another uh, will the one true king to place more con- uh, condition tokens. And then your wardens are passing out uh, his ability to attack twice and auto count the conditions as three wounds each means that if they have two condition tokens on them without doing anything, you're doing six auto wounds. So the giant that I one-shotted, I didn't even have to do a single wound. I one-shotted him simply by expending two condition tokens that I had on him to do six auto wounds. So it's an amazing uh, unit, and I definitely suggest trying it out. I know the it's not always guaranteed that you're going to get tactical approach like super early, but I mean, you should with two of them in the deck, you should get it early enough, especially if you're taking that mail zone whenever you can and uh, one thing I didn't really mention before I'm not a big fan of three NCUs I never really have been I don't like spending that many points on NCUs even when I get a free one with a commander I like to save the points and still to only take two and put them into my uh, combat units with Baratheons the fact that they want like certain zones that aren't necessarily my play style three NCUs is amazing. That's like the one exception for factions that I love running three NCUs and it really helps with like Renly's card that also requires to replace a spot and then especially Stannis who needs a specific spot to replace, kind of like uh, bribery for neutrals. Um, so yeah. yeah, definitely try it out. And if you haven't, and if you don't really have luck with them a couple times through, just keep trying. I'm telling you the combo is ridiculous six auto wounds for doing nothing and then having you know a bunch of two different attacks triggering two different panic tests and still doing some wounds i mean and one you have crit vets, on the dogs yep crit on the dogs vicious on the dogs and they probably have you know that panic if, as long as you use the weekend and or vulnerable um you should still have that panic token on them to make them fail again it's crazy how good and effective it is so Definitely try it out. Anyways, that's that's my rant. Um, I don't know if you guys want to comment on that little combo, but otherwise, uh, we will jump into anything else. Did uh, did somebody point out? I'm sorry, I might have missed it. If they did, that his uh, the shots with the bastard girls don't get critical blows. It's just the melee attacks. Oh, is it? Yeah, Stannis only adds critical blows to melee. Yeah, I wasn't sure if somebody oh. else had pointed that out. I'm sure that you weren't nope. rolling a whole bunch of sixes, and I, it, the giant was dead. <laughs> no. way, so I don't think it really took anything from the from from what you did with the combo. I just want to make sure everybody knows that the sh- the four shots do not get critical blow. Oh, that's disappointing. I messed up. Look at that. Uh, that's no, okay. Yeah, Why that roll. never happens? With with four yeah. shots, though, it's very unlikely that you actually rolled any critical blows, though. Hey. I rolled one hey. or two here or there, but I've never hey. rolled more than one. <laughs> but, yeah, so, and granted, I've only used this combo in, like, three games. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, Brett is definitely right. I played that wrong um, with the shots, but you're I did say um, dog six kick dice. Crit. Yep, so six dice on threes for at least the melee will have vicious and critical blow. Um, so definitely keep that in mind. Even without having the critical blow for the shots, I mean, 
uh, still doing six auto wounds. Yeah, six auto wounds on a full health unit means they're half dead. And then if they're feeling that panic because they're panicked and you have vicious, means they're losing at least two more. That means eight dead. And that's without having... That's crazy. I mean, granted, they're... That's nine dead, technically, because you have to do at least one wound with the attacks to trigger the panic. And then you've only had to do an additional other three wounds between all the shots and all the other attacks. So um, even if you don't kill them and they're down to, like, last rank, if they're, you know, you're a five-up morale with six-up save, meaning, like, I mean, that sounds like they're super weak, but they're not um, because at last rank, they're usually, most units are only getting like five attacks back or so. And, you know, your morale is good enough that you're not going to usually take anything from that. So you're looking at maybe four guys dead at rank, and then you're still firing, or you're still at full effectiveness at full rank. So, or at uh, second rank. So, yeah. Um, what about, uh, we'll go to Jose. What do you, is there anything that pops out with Stannis you want to jump into? Um, well, I mean, we're we're gonna cover his uh, the new the new commander he has, right? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, his his current commander and like how he's useful, his cards, his same thing would do with Renly, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, so as far as how he, you know, his his cards and stuff, um, he uh, let me pull him up really quick. So he's got the World of Winter King, um, the the claim the, slot, uh, claim the crown, and you get all three tokens. It doesn't have to be the same unit. Um, that card, I I like it. I use it a lot actually. Um, it helps having that Alistair guy that can uh, switch things around because usually I just uh, you know I'll grab that and switch to block something else. Um, and then uh, his other his other two cards, um, I usually end up putting them on Stannis' unit itself. And it just, I usually, I personally run Stannis in a unit of uh, Stagnites. So it just makes everything just stacked. I mean, getting, you know, from Oath of Duty, or Oath of Duty, if you put it on Stannis' unit, they get plus two attack dice. And then he, and the technical approach lets him pop tokens off of an enemy to uh, do three wounds. I mean, so it just makes the whole unit stacked. Um, and so I, I love putting them on Stannis' unit. Obviously, they're good with anybody. Um, but just when you have both those cards on the unit of Stagnites with Stannis that have a critical blow off the bat and can't take tokens and stuff, it just makes them like a monster. Like they're great. They're like my heaviest hitting thing I have in the army. Um, they're the, they cause the most threat to my opponent. I mean, it's, it's great. So, I mean, out of of all of his cards, um, I probably like, Probably like uh, Will the One True King the most. Um, I think I think I found myself using it uh, like often. I don't know if it's you know like it's, it's good like when you first start with it in your hand or um, anything like that. I mean I don't know. It's just it's the most I guess it's the most versatile of the, all the cards. Um, so I don't know, but all of the cards are great. Um, it was one of those that, again, at first glance, I was reading him between him and Renly, and I was like, man, Stannis got the short end of the stick, but he definitely didn't. Uh, when he starts to really put everything in play and use everything, it, it, he can be pretty devastating. Um, 
And then I find myself putting a lot of tokens out in general um, between using Stannis' cards and then using, um, what's the girl's name, Shira. Um, yeah. She's just, con- you know, constantly just putting tokens out. Um, the Wardens, if they roll any ones when they're defending, they, uh, the, their opponent becomes uh, uh, weakened. So you just, I mean, it's, it's great. My opponents always have tokens out. Um, it helps. It adds to the, def- the natural defensiveness of the army. Um, and it helps too, because especially since they don't have the healing that Renly does, um, it helps like they're constantly just dishing out different tokens, like weekend and panic and stuff. So it really helps. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it too. Overall, just the Baratheon deck, the downside is the triggers. Uh, like I said, I counted all the triggers with Stannis before. I think it was like five or six triggers. So it's just, it's always a pain deciding what to do. You know, I hate when I... You know, I hate when I draw, you know, two or three, like, start of the round cards. It's like, great. Like, what a great hand. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, almost, like, useless. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, things like that. Or if I have, when a friend of comedy is destroyed, if I have, like, you know, two or three of those, I'll just have to decide what to use. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, that's the one drawback. But it really, um, it really makes you, um it kind of shapes you into a better player almost because you're able to like, you have to, in order to play Blathians, I think in general, you have to be able to maximize, like learn to maximize the situations and understand what's best when. So it's something that can be learned and carried over to like every other army that you play. Um, so that's something I, even though at first it was a little bit of a challenge, you know, coming from Starks because Starks have like tons of different triggers and their decks are awesome and they're everything. So uh, coming from from that to this, it was definitely a learning curve. But once you know, once you get the hang of it, and like I said, you just it, it makes you analyze things more and um, just kind of shapes you into a better player. So those are yeah, that's my thoughts definitely, on uh, definitely. Stannis and his cards. All right, so uh, Brett had uh, a little thing he had to go do, so he is definitely uh, out of here. He's fired. He is no longer allowed to be on the show. No, just kidding. Uh, he had to go run, though. Um, so thank you, Brett, for coming on. Um, but, yeah, we're going to jump into uh, the rest of, like, Stannis. So um, I, my first impression of Stannis when he got released or when he finally, you know, I guess both, when he got released and when he uh, finally I got to play him is that I think Stannis, his attachment abilities – is better than Renly's attachment abilities, but Renly's cards were better. But now that I've played a lot more of Stannis and I've learned how to really use his cards more effectively, I like, I don't know, I think I still like Renly's a little bit better, but it's definitely uh, closed the gap quite a bit now that I, I know how to use Stannis's cards. And it's not like I feel like they're clearly, you know, uh, Renly's is better, but... Uh, yeah, it's just the fact that two really hard triggers are the start of the round and when your unit dies, and Stannis adds both of those effects. Because um, you don't want to see too many uh, start of the round all at once. Even like two or more in one hand is too much because uh, you draw your cards at the end of the turn, meaning if you have two that's one card you have to save for the start of the next round that you have to play right away that then puts you only at two cards for the entire next round. So normally, 
uh, unless it's a tactical approach, um, I'll usually ditch like a Baratheon's Conviction if I have like multiple start around cards in my hand. And same with like when a unit is destroyed, you draw uh, those early, like first, even second turn a lot of times because I'm usually a pretty reserved player, so I don't, you know, I guess no one ever really expects their stuff to die that quickly, but um, unless something crazy happens, usually my units never die that early because I'm just too much of a reserved player that first or second round, if I draw a uh, when a unit dies card, it immediately gets uh, trashed. So I don't know how many times, Jose, you've gotten to play it, but I have yet to get to play uh, Stannis' uh, when destroyed card. Uh, what's that one called? Oath of Duty. Um, Oath of Duty. I use it all the time. Yeah, yeah see, I... I want to, but I, it's just how the cards have fallen for me. I, I never see it when my units are about to die, especially, you know, cause I would love to put, uh, cause let's see, Stannis's unit, their attacks also plus two dice, uh, two attack dice, meaning for my combo, if I'm able to get this off on Bastards Girls, they're shooting with six dice now attacking with, uh, eight dice in melee. Um, but, yeah, I've never been able to get this card off, unfortunately. But, it, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to get it off. Like, I'm sure, Jose, you're more like the average of what, you know, more accurate of how this card can be used. Unfortunately for me, I've just, I've never gotten to a chance to use it. I always either draw it early or just, you know, at the wrong times. But it's I think it's better than, uh, what's the other one, um, Last Stand, even. Last stand, making one free attack at the highest value. It's really good, but um, I personally like Stannis's better uh, just because of the potential that it has. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think Stannis, though, also is, out of the three unit options we have, is good in all three um, unit options with his abilities. Uh, granted, in Wardens, it's kind of, you know, eh, because they don't hit very hard, and um, to a four-up hit uh, isn't like, it's not bad by no means, it's just not like something I'm, you know, super excited about. But it at least adds the defense to keep him alive. But whereas Renly, like uh, we mentioned before, you know, Renly and Stagnites, you kind of have that weird situation where you're not always getting your effects with him and uh, him and uh, Sentinels uh, because he doesn't give that morale boost to them um, I also don't like uh, like him in Sentinels so he's not bad in them uh, whereas Stannis though I, I like him in all three options to be honest so and then obviously here's, here's my girls <laughs> <laughs> here's here's my whole okay. thing on this. So, so the week, in my opinion, the way I play again, I don't run neutrals. I I don't know, no, you know, I think neutrals are great, but I don't know if it's like I'm really like into the theme, I guess. So like I really like just running the army, to, Mono you know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've I've never been big into missing neutrals. I mean, I use Varus and do like you know NTUs and stuff once in a while, but otherwise like. You know, typically I won't run any units or anything. But so with with for me, right? So between wardens, sentinels, and stagnites, sentinels are like the weak link in the chain. 
dude, these things die on me like you would not believe. I, and and <laughs> it's like they, they just, to me, like, so I'm, a, again, I got coming from Dwarves, like from Warhammer, I'm a defensive player. So the Stagnites and the Wardens, like, they fit my play style really well. The Sentinels, although they're, like, the hitting power, like, dude, they, like, they kind of just ruin everything. They ruin the, the flow of, of how I play. And they're like, I find myself like not knowing what to do with them, you know, like, like they'll, they'll rush in and they'll do their thing. And if I can't like, you know, one shot something or, right, or finish something up, like they're just going to die. Like they have the four, they have the four up defense, seven up morale. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Like, you know, if you crown zap them, they're at a, they're at a eight up, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's rough. So when I first started the game, I ran Stannis and Sentinels because in my head, I'm like, all right, cool, critical blow and Sundering with eight dice. Like, what's not to like about this? And then they just constantly die. So then I switched them over to Stagnites, and I was, like, hesitant because Stagnites can get critical blow when they lose a rank. But it works out because when they have one rank left, they're getting all three abilities. So, like, it still, it still, like, works out and still, like, adds a lot of weight to the unit. And then, so going back to that card we were talking about, um, that you never get to pull off, the Oath of Duty, <laughs> I'm able to pull it off because these freaking Sentinels keep dying. And so they're like, <laughs> when they die, I just throw, I'll throw the Oath of Duty out, you know. And honestly, like, whenever a new unit comes out uh, for the Army, uh, it, I, they're the first to go, man. Like, everything else for me jives, and the Sentinels just throw everything off. So they're, they're the first to go. I don't care what comes out. They're the first to be, for me, to be swapped out for me. Yeah, I I think uh I don't know, Sentinels for me are uh I definitely like Sentinels a lot more now that I'm not com- constantly comparing them to Sworn Brothers. Now the Sworn Brothers are at 7 points. Before it's weird, like that's like a psychological thing. Like before when Sentinels were 6 points, I couldn't bring myself to run Sentinels out of like I guess, you know, a uh you know, I was like putting my foot down almost you know, I couldn't bring myself to run them because even in context with their factions uh, or even in a vacuum, neither one, uh, Sworn Brothers were easily, easily hands down way better than Sentinels. But now that Sworn Brothers are seven points and they got the extra attack die, uh, I can I find myself able to run Sentinels a lot, you know, more justifiable. Uh, I just, I... I like having the Sundering uh, in combination with, you know, because Sentinels, I feel like, uh, mirror uh, or, like, the the nice uh, opposite to Wardens in the sense that they're as much offensive as Wardens are defensive. And, like, uh, at the tournament I just did on Sunday, we were playing Fire and Blood, and they, the guy marked my uh, Sentinel unit and now I'm hitting with 10 dice uh, at full ranks. It was just, it was amazing. So it, it definitely like adds that bit that of offense. Well, and that's the other thing, yeah. So uh, the reason, I guess, uh, it works for me really well, um, because I know, Jose, even when you were playing Starks, you were more defensive with, like, the Tullys and whatnot. I find a lot yeah. of my defense comes from my offense. So when I hit hard, like, when I hit them first and hard with a really well-timed attack, I suppose, it makes them hitting me back weak, and that in itself is my defense. 
because they can't hit me hard enough back to really kill me before I kill them. Um, so I guess that's how I, I'm able to, I guess, justify uh, Sentinels. Because before I agreed, like, that 7-Up morale is brutal. I mean, it, <laughs> especially now, you know, you know, with you just needing to fail by one, it's it's definitely brutal. But if you can hit your opponent hard and fast enough with the Sentinels, and depending on what they are, of course, obviously if you're attacking Stagnites and they're not going to weaken at all from your attack, or even like Vets who only go down one attack dice each time, yeah, that's probably not the best idea with Sentinels. <laughs> uh, you're probably going to lose that one. But if they, you know, go down and attacks like significantly, a well-charged attack into like a four-up save or even five-up save unit can usually take out two ranks if they're failing that panic test. So, uh, and then last rank on a lot of units are not going to hit you back very hard. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's, I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess we have, again, we have different, I mean, as you figured out last episode, we have different play styles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I played you when you ran two Sentinels and then <laughs> I remember when I played you and you had two Sentinels, I was like, yo, this guy's toast and you actually crushed it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't know. I just, I think we just did different play styles for me. They don't die with the RV, but for someone who's more of an aggressive player, they're probably going to be something you use a lot. Um, that, but again, you know, that's just me. Um, so yeah. No, yeah, I agree. It's definitely a playstyle thing. You know, if you're more defense, I mean, I like to say I'm a defensive player too, but Starks have kind of broke me out of the defensive uh, playstyle that I've, you know, pretty much done my whole life. That uh, I've been able to turn an offense into a defense. But yeah, if you're like a true defensive player, running Sentinels isn't really going to be, you know, it, that would be like having an offensive player try to play a bunch of wardens and try to be offensive with the wardens. It's just not going to work. You're playing to, I guess, not really their strengths, um, in my opinion. So it's it's definitely based on play style. Um, so, I mean, that's the problem I have with wardens. I think before when I was running with master wardens, that's why I'm running them with the, the lieutenants now because now I've given them a bit of that offensive flair that helps with, like, my more aggressive play style. Because before, I tried to be uh, aggressive with my wardens, with master wardens in them, and I found myself not really getting much benefit out of the wardens because not only are they not hitting very hard, you know, I have, I'm paying this point for an attachment that isn't really doing anything for me. Yeah, you know, for yeah my and you're always knocking... Yeah, you're you're always knocking like master wardens and a unit of wardens, but like I love that combo. I run that combo all the time, and to me, I find it worth it because they're there to like take the brunt, and then I'll come in and swoop in with like you know stagnites or even try to with the sentinels, and then they're they're going to be the hitting power. But like you know, you throw master either a warden with master warden on a on a objective, like that's a pretty solid, you know, a pretty solid uh like I guess situation, you know, and, and it's going to be tough for them to take that objective away from you. So, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I like, I like the combo a lot. So if I, if, you know, if I could somehow fit every, I I run three wardens. So if I could run, if I could fit all three with the master warden, I would, but I only have two because, because right now I, I have the sentinels and I have to use them just because of what I have. Um, I actually, I don't, as much as I don't like this, 
I have to put Brienne in the Sentinels to lower their freaking morale to a five. <laughs> so I literally have her in there just just for that because I'm like I need these guys to like survive more, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Sentinel or Stagnites, are you saying Stagnites, right? For the five up morale? No, no, I'm saying like the Sentinels. So I put Brienne so I as much as much I don't like doing that, oh, I, have, Brienne. I put Brienne. Yeah into the Sentinels to give to make them a five and make them like level with the rest of the army. Yeah, and even as that, far as or even Bron Yeah, or even Bron if you uh have the ability to constantly take the money bag, that'll work too. Um granted, you know Brienne or Bron's gonna make him a uh uh eight point unit, but uh, I mean I think that's the thing is they're not very defensive with that four up save, and I mean it's funny because we say this, but four up save and a seven up morale—that's like the if you talk like averages, that's the true like middle. But there's so many ways to make that worse that it's really not. It's like a, a below average, essentially. Um, I think like a, a four up save with a six up is a little more accurate for like average. Um, with a yeah, with a six up morale, but yeah, that seven up morale is brutal. I think um, that's why I like at my list before uh, the the Renly list that I had with all the wardens and the um, lieutenants. It used to be uh, three wardens, uh, two with one with him, two with master wardens, and then two plain sentinels, and. I would keep. I would put Renly in the middle, and I'd put the two Sentinels running up his side, and I'd put the two war, uh, Master Warden Sentinel or the Master Warden Wardens on the ends to uh, keep the flanks uh, protected. And that way, Renly was given his bubble to the two units that needed it, uh, making them six up. Um, but then it, you know, it, we ended up uh, getting the lieutenants, and I changed it up. But um, so let's uh, move on. Um, we'll try to breeze through these last couple things. Uh, I think we're kind of covered most of uh, Stannis himself. Um, we'll go over Stannis's uh, alternate um, version, which is uh, this unit counts as a, how do you guys pronounce this? Rollor unit. Rollor unit. So that will, I think, be a big uh, thing with him. Uh, it's funny that um, his other version doesn't have this as well. Uh, I'm guessing it's just before and after he like became, you know, loyal to the to this. But and then he adds um, fearless to the unit, so that's uh, like what the um, Stark um, uh, Eddard's honor guard and the. Um, have, which is unit may uh, never suffer, suffer penalties to morale and never become panicked. So important to note that you can increase your morale. So if you're by a weirwood tree or something, it will uh, increase, but you can never have a penalty. Um, and also to note, uh, you can never become panicked. It doesn't say you can't have a panic token expended. So if your unit's abilities get shut off and you become panicked, and then your unit's ability turns back on, you your opponent can expend that panic that was placed on you. Um, but if the fearless is active, the panicked token can never be placed to begin with. Uh, so just want to add that. 
<laughs> just wanted to add that in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the cards that we haven't seen must be really strong or something, and this effect of being uh, the affiliation must be really strong because otherwise both the Renly and the Stannis uh, original starter versions, I, th- I like them clearly better than the other, the two new ones, but granted Well, that, yeah, essentially the two new ones are only getting one ability. I never really counted an affiliation as an ability. Loyalty yeah. isn't like... An, I guess That's making a it something a relore is nice, but it's not even like nice. It's It's not an ability really in my eyes. You're really just giving them. They haven't revealed that, right? Yeah, they have. The one card they showed for him requires him to be a relore unit, I think. Yeah. Or no, it's secondary effect. It makes the D3 into a 3. No, 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 no. no. Like, in general, like, the unit being a uh, relore unit. No, it's just for triggers. It's just for triggers. Okay, it's just for triggers then. Interesting. Okay. Well, so far, but. Go ahead. I said so far, I don't really actually know. Because we know that Stannis' unit from Gamma today, the unit he's getting for Rose Knight, are called Relore's Faithful. Oh, did they reveal that? I didn't see I only saw They Rose showed Knight. it on did a slideshow. They, they showed it on a slideshow. Oh, all right, I saw cool. I something. Whatever it is, yeah, so it's getting rid of the Sentinels. <laughs> so it's hard to tell what, <laughs> what the potential is. Um, but... At, just from a first look perspective, like right now, I would easily pick um, the starter versions over these guys. But Except that model I guess themselves. It's too, yeah, but I guess it's too early to tell. We'll, we'll be able to see and, uh, I guess, uh, figure it out better once we see everything in the full context. But uh, And then he adds a card, which is when a friendly combat unit is attacked with melee before attack dice are rolled, the attacker suffers D3 plus one automatic hits, so they will get arm, arm, armor saves against this. And if the defender is uh, a roller unit, the attacker suffers four automatic hits instead. So, I don't know. I don't think this is very strong um, at I all. Agree. I agree. I think it has you're one saving like boost. A, what's that? I said I think it has one saving grace that brings potential maybe okay, and that's the fact that uh, you can possibly derank someone before they attack you. But I mean, what are the odds that your D three plus one or four hits are going to do enough damage? Because it's not an attack, so there's no panic. It's just straight hits. That's it. No abilities. No, I guess the question question would be though if they've already. They've. Uh, I don't think they can be uh, deranked because even though it's before attack dice are rolled, they've already selected the attack. Um, and once they select the attack, you can't change um, how much, like what the attack is going to be doing. I think that's something that no, was covered. I, uh, I mean, that doesn't so make how, sense because so, strategy. Yeah. So, but how does like? Yeah. Well, how does like countercharge play then? Because like. They select to attack you, but you attack first, and then you can derank them and make them hit you less. So, well, I, it's uh, counter way. charge. Are you talking about set for charge? Or sorry, set, set for charge, not counter charge. Sorry. Set so for charge. set for charge actually says after you've been 
successfully charged. So they haven't actually uh, declared what attack they're doing or anything. But this one is when a friendly combat unit is attacked with melee, meaning that they've already selected what attack that they're doing. Uh, it's just before they roll their dice. Um, if so, that's the case, then this is potentially the worst card in the game. Yeah, that card that card's useless. Are you sure like, that works? I got I I'm like I've got to lean towards the side of it not working like that because that makes that card so bad it angers me. Yeah, that card. <laughs> if that's the case, so, that card is trash. Then <laughs> I wouldn't say trash, but it's definitely not very desirable because even if you like get trash to me. you're getting all four. Then, if they have like a three up save, they're failing like one of them. Even if they have a four up save, they're failing like two of them. You're only knock, you know, knocking off a couple wounds from this card, and it has a very specific no, no, timing. No, no. no it, it is trash because look, let's just pretend they're hitting you. <laughs> no, bro, let's just pretend they're hitting I'm you. With and you. They have, they have, yeah, they have, they only have one rank left, right? They have two dudes left, and you do three wounds. Well, either way, they still get to get their attack off, even though you kill the unit. Yeah, so make yeah. Sense. you know what I'm saying? So, like, in my opinion, that is a trash card because, like, if, if I was to do that, in my head, the way it would work is I would kill a unit, I don't get attacked, right? But because because that's how it's if – if, if this is how it works, then they're still going to get their attack off. And that's, like, for what? Like, it's stupid then, you know? Yeah. The only reason I come to that conclusion is from, like, um, other effects where, you know, if you have an ability or something happens after you've selected your attack, nothing can change for that attack. Uh, for example, losing critical blow or somehow gaining an ability, uh, because you've already selected the attack, the attack can't change after it's been selected. Uh, you, you, get, you basically get the, the dice and the abilities that you had when you selected it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely something to we can ask online. Uh, anyone listening out there, uh, definitely, like, ask about it. Or, you know, if you already know the answer, uh, comment on any of our uh, posts and let us know. But, uh, I mean, I would I'm, I would love for it to not work the way I'm saying it. I think it works because, uh, yeah, like you guys said, it's pretty bad, it, you know, because I – I agree with you. The only way this card has potential of being really good is if you're going to derank someone before they get to swing like at that value. Um, because D3 plus 1, that's an average of 3 hits unless you're saving it for a unit with that effect or with that affiliation to automatically get 4. Uh, I think a lot of your then, units again, will have that affiliation, though. I mean, yeah. I would have rather rather have seen this be suffers D three wounds three for a roar. So you can't get up to four because it won't have the plus one, but it'll at least still be wounds. I mean, I don't see that as being too powerful. I, I mean, Great John has a card that does up to five um, wounds. Now this is so, too good though because Starks are Starks. Yeah. So it's okay I don't know, when it's Starks, David. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is a Taxus card, and as far as we know, Taxus cards will never be changed. So hopefully that I am wrong and you guys are right. Um, Even then. So, but, uh, yeah, that's, that is Stannis. And next up we have this guy called 
Andrew. Hi, Andrew. His Andrew Estermont. Yes. This guy. Um, this guy. <laughs> Jesus. So this is loyalty status, <laughs> if you didn't already guess. Um, his effect is an order uh, when this unit activates. So keep in mind, orders and tactics cards cannot overlap. You only get one. So if you're doing his order, you are not getting any tactics card in your hand ever with this order. So you're not getting uh, the... Um, what are they called? I'll go through them really quick. Uh, Stag's Wit. So you're not removing any uh. conditions or doing any of that stuff. Um, uh. You're not getting Stag's Resilience. You can't get the D3 plus one wounds back and do them back to your opponent if you have the mail. Can't get Hold the Line. Uh, I think those are the three. Then I don't know any of his cards. But... Um, so discard two tactics cards to search your tactics deck for any one card and add it to your hand, then shuffle your tactics deck. So, I don't know, I've, that goes to the same tactic that I was talking about with, uh, what's-his-face, um, Davos? Or not Davos. No, no, oh, uh, the Courtney uh, guy? Yeah, no, the Courtney is guy? it Courtney? Oh, uh, let me name? look. Um... Um. Oh, the um, Elden, right? Elden. Elden, yeah. Is is that his brother, father? What? Looks old. Oh, uh, Elder Estermont and Andrew Estermont. Um. Anyways, he has you know it's similar to his ability of being able to filter cards. So if you have a bunch of useless cards, um, you know, you could go get. Uh, one of your cards you've been waiting for for a while, you know, Stag's Wit is, uh, you know, best card in the deck, in my opinion. Am I saying that right? Not Stags anymore. Oh, is he the one that's... Yeah, he's the one. <laughs> oh, he's the one that swaps them? Which... Where does it say no, that again? No, no. So, no, no, I guess what I'm saying is he has a card that's the best de- card in the Baratheon deck. Oh, okay, I will get that to in a second. So anyway, so you can go get his card that we're referring to that I'll mention in a second, or you can go get Stag's Resilience, and uh, granted you won't be able to use it immediately because this is when he activates, but maybe you need it for a different unit, or, you know, like let's say your your unit's about to die, because um, this is discard two taxi cards to search your deck for a taxi card, or for a taxi card. Uh, for one card and add to your hand. So the importance there is it doesn't say a specific card, meaning you don't have to show your opponent. If your opponent doesn't know that you're pulling Stag's Resilience, that means that, you know, maybe your unit, uh, a different unit, is about to die, and you have the mail, and you could activate with them next after Andrew's unit. And then do a D3 plus one heal and do that many back, meaning you're doing healing at least two and dealing at least two up to a max of healing four, dealing four. So a difference of four to eight wound difference between the combat. So it's that could be powerful. Or even his card. Just um, So just one of those things that uh, to keep in mind that the tactics deck has a lot of cards that, uh, that have the same trigger and his ability to discard two to go get any one of your choice is not something you're going to want to do all the time. You might not even do it every round, but I guarantee you there's going to be a situation at least a, at least a couple times a game where it'll be worth it. Um, and then 
his tactics card, uh, Trisha's tactics. Start of any turn, deal one friendly combat unit any number of wounds. For each wound dealt, one opponent must discard that many tactics cards at random. Random. So that that is a powerful word there for this ability. So, uh, you know, granted... I mean, how much would you give if a Night's Watch player ends up having, like, ten cards? I'd kill a unit. Yeah, would you... <laughs> would you Without a doubt. <laughs> well, let's say, let's even say it's a unit on an objective far away, and you bring them down to, like, two wounds. You you kill ten guys out of twelve, bring them down to one leaving wound. them with two wounds. Well, I mean, if they only have ten tactics cards. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't care. Them. I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You can and a discard like it's whole not even a question. Because random yeah, doesn't random. matter if you make them discard their whole hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, Random's I mean, all of say, them. Let's say you're in that situation where you can't really, let's say the unit that you're killing because you can't do it to another unit. Because you don't, uh, it says one friendly combat unit, meaning all the wounds have to come from the same unit. Yeah, one unit. So you can't, like, spread them out. So I guess what I'm saying yeah, is, you like, if cards. you're in that situation where uh, you can't really take them away from certain units, but there is that one unit that could, but they're down, let's say, only to six wounds. So that random will might come in handy if they have, you know, but still, if your opponent started, the, you could do start of turn. You could go, okay, you drew three new cards this turn. Okay, uh, I go first, or any turn. So even if your opponent's going first that turn, you just go right off the bat, attrition tactics, three wins to this unit. Okay, you have no text card this hand, or this round. Take the mail. I mean, yeah, exactly. You could, if you go first, just be like, all right, uh, start around. Uh, you could even, like, uh, start around, um, deal a unit three wounds, make your opponent discard all three, Peter on the mail to then trigger money back and heal those those three wounds back. I think this is like singularly the best card I've ever seen in the game. It takes yeah, like half the game's mechanics and says, go to hell, we ignore that mechanic. Because <laughs> the tactics cards are like the single most powerful part of the game. That's how you make or break an army. And just yep. immediately like, oh, Night's Watch player, I see you have 12 cards in your hand. I raise your 12 and kill my units. My well, super cheap unit I left this. in the back for this specific card. Think of this, um, uh, Justin. What if you um, start a turn, do that, then you, Andrew, when you activate, discard two cards, and you go get... Or you could, like, you could um, start a turn, do that, and do that combo, and you could even, like, uh, take the mail uh, instead of healing, and then draw two more cards. So you have some, not only if maybe you already have it or drew it, Andrew, discard two cards that are now, you have five cards, there's bound to be at least one, if not two, that you're willing to get rid of to go get resilience, and now activate the unit that you just hurt to uh, to heal the, all those wounds back, or a good chunk of those wounds back, if not all, and deal damage to a unit. Uh, I mean, the combos, there's tons of combos with this. You can Man, do. even without combos, I think it's broken. Combos only make it better. 
Like it is, it is ridiculously strong. It is possibly the one thing that I'm super duper duper excited for for Baratheons, except just the fact it's Baratheons. It, I saw that, and I don't even like Stannis. I saw that, and I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> what is well, this? You could do it. Let's say some of the most like, uh, you know, uh, important rounds of the game is like, you know. You know, the last two rounds, let's say, you know, most games end on round five. Let's say round four and round five, you do this back-to-back because you can go search both copies with Andrew. So you can discard two cards, go get it. Round four, you have no cards. All right, now round five, you have no cards. Let's, I mean, the last two rounds, having no cards at your disposal is a big deal. Um, Imagine the game we played uh, at the tournament a couple of weeks ago, or uh, Sudden Charge got you basically eight points. Imagine if you had yeah. no cards. I don't know if you could have won it from that point if you had no cards Probably to help. Not. not that like you weren't in a strong spot, but zero cards is such a disadvantage, especially when you never got to play them. That's one thing I do as neutrals all the time is I stop my opponent from having cards, and it's wonderful. Or it makes my life so first, easy. Imagine first round of the game, you know, uh, they take uh, the mail to get five-card hand, and you just go discard all five, deal five to me, and then you just heal them back through yeah, five some of your healing effects. Well, like yeah, five five wounds, wounds, especially in the Baratheon army. Yeah, like, like, like oh, you, no, you I did them, five You wounds. feed them to the Wardens or you feed them to the Stagnites? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, think of it this think of it this way. Like devastating impact does two auto wounds if you successfully charge, and then they get to attack. That one card itself could do more wounds well, than the and it's of wounds a free charge to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And it's a free charge. So, you for, you forgot so, the most important part of that card. Just so you know. <laughs> so one wound is way more you know bang for your buck than attack or you know, attack card is way more than worth more than one wound. You know, oh, easily. Easily. So Sometimes tax cards are worth a unit. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, I mean, like you were saying, you know, if I spent, you know, if uh, you have 20 cards in your deck, if I kill a whole unit of 12 wounds of, let's say, a basic warden for five points, let's say that's all they're there for is to feed this ability. Five points to ensure that your opponent has no tactics cards, uh, or a, a max of eight of them, uh, is huge. Any day. Any day. Without question. Any day. I would never question that. Shit, if I was sitting on an objective in the back and I was... Even then, if I needed to kill my whole unit, I would still highly consider it. But I'd probably bring them down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But if, if I know, like, so, if I... If I know I don't need that to win at the end of the round, and all I got to do is stop him from killing my units or something like that, and he's got five cards and I got five wounds left, and I know I don't need that objective, I would still consider just destroying my unit. So it's definitely, I don't know, I I would say it's probably the strongest card in the game now. Uh, or I when think it gets so. released. Maybe I'm exaggerating, uh, but I think it's ridiculous. If, if, if not, definitely arguably, if not. 
I think it should have had a cap, maybe three or four cards. You know, the ability maybe to like be able 18. to say <laughs> the ability to just say, "Oh, you have a ten-card hand." Even I mean, like we were just saying, one wound is not equivalent to one card. One, if your one card is only worth one wound, it's not worth playing. Bribery, <laughs> bribery. I don't know the ability to bribery. shut off uh, someone. Uh, nope. You know, hundreds of games bribery. <laughs> I don't know. I had one tournament where bribery almost killed me. It was back to back. Shut a bribery, unit down so. with bribery once. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's this crazy. Card, uh, what else does he have? He has at any cost and uh, reliable any cost. bannerman. So we don't know what that does, but at any cost should be something along the lines of killing something to survive a melee attack or a panic attack. Which, <clears throat> which honestly, it looks like out of all everything that's going to turn out for Santa and his army, it looks like they're just going to be like, I don't like the like the equivalent of black and magic, like Magic the Gathering, like where you take damage uh, to do more, more damage to your opponent. Like that seems like the kind of route that. Stannis' army is taking as a whole in general. What is this magic, the gathering you talked about? Oh, funny. Is that a thing? <laughs> that sounds silly. <laughs> You're fired. That's just, that sounds made up. You're fired. No one, <laughs> no That's one the best comparison I could come up with was black and magic. <laughs> like, immediately when I was reading his cards, I'm like, oh, they're black and magic. Like, I, I used to play magic a lot like, when I was in college, so. <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely more of a hurt yourself to hurt your opponent. But in this case, a lot of these effects, especially when we get to uh, their NCU, I mean, the amount you're doing to yourself is nothing compared to what you're dealing to your opponent. Um, For example, like Stark Fury, if you do the math, Stark Fury uh, has a higher chance to do barely, like by less than one. It's like uh, on average you do two wounds to yourself, but Stark Fury adds like 1.80 extra wounds to your opponent. So like that one is almost identically a trade-off, whereas like these effects are, you know, easily in uh, Baratheon's favor. Um, They don't seem to be like a fair trade-off for what you give up to do to your opponent, which I don't think it really should be. I think Stark Fury, for example, is really nice, but... um, like, if you're really thinking about it, unless you need to do that little extra damage or you're on your last rank and you don't take any wounds, it's not really uh, worth using all the time. Um, so I don't think it should necessarily be a one-for-one. One. You know, it is your tactics card. You should be getting the benefit. But some of these trade-offs are so powerful that um, I feel like you're definitely getting way more out of it than uh, they should be. But we'll see how it plays out. I think if you play this card, uh, right, you could really screw over everyone. I mean, this is like a super controlly card, and the guy looks yeah. like you know definitely doesn't look like a controlly guy. You know, he looks like a, I want to beat you in the face, but he definitely has a lot of control uh, aspect or utility in control. Yeah, so, no, for sure. Um, all right, and next up we have. Uh, Axel Florent, which is Loyalty Stannis. Uh, this is the He's MCU commander. <laughs> In the story, In the this guy is a doofus. <laughs> he is, he is <laughs> worthless. 
Uh, when influencing unit, a uh, friendly combat unit, you may remove one con condition token from it. So this is just like, um, uh, what's her face, uh, Catelyn, uh, in the sense of removing condition token. And if you guys have um, listened to me talk about Catelyn, in my opinion, that is her main ability for me. That is why I take her. The unit hitting at max is the bonus, not the condition token for me. So this ability I think is awesome. Uh, when influencing a uh, friendly unit, it counts as a ruler uh, unit. So for basically a uh, um, affiliation uh, addition. So it's hard to tell exactly what is going to be all the effects that you get. Her one, uh, her or his, his uh, one tactics card uh, he looks like a girl in this picture. Um, he's, he's a doofus. <laughs> when a friendly unit passes a morale, so that's nice, the fact that the trigger is different than, I believe, any other Baratheon basic deck. Uh, it's so funny trigger. that that's like the first thing we talk about with any tactics cards. It's like, whoo, <laughs> the bullet there, noose, the trigger. <laughs> Damn. It doesn't that even matter what it does. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter what it does. We will move on. <laughs> so so it's when a friendly unit passes the morale. One enemy combat unit within short of the friendly of that friendly unit becomes panicked. So you're removing tokens with the influence and placing them with its tactics card. And then if the friendly unit is a reward unit, they also become weakened, making the card give out two uh tokens, panicked and weakened. Um and that will help your uh, um, warden units because they'll already be weakened to be because they can use weakened as vulnerable, can't they? Yes. Am I doing that right, or is it okay? Yeah. I wasn't yep. sure if it was reverse. Um, so that's definitely really nice. And then she's making a unit a, a reward unit, so she'll be able to whoever. Yes, she's, she is. Oh yeah, I keep saying she. I, I'm I just every time I look at his picture, I'm looking at the hair. <laughs> Anyways, um, fabulous. <laughs> so fabulous. Uh, so, unlike uh, Stannis's other card, um, other commander who is going to be placed in a unit, um, and that unit is going to be a reward unit, um, he's going to be able to influence any unit of your choice to, so that you can use these effects where you need them. Uh, which is nice. Then, obviously, you're getting a free NCU that will help with uh, what I was talking about, how I think Baratheons really benefit from having three NCUs. Uh, but then again, keep in mind that the field commanders will give you those extra points. Uh, let's see. Fury Charge and uh, uh, Roar Wrath. I can only imagine both of them probably have a Roar uh, additional effect. Um which is nice because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, do any of the NCU commanders give out an affiliation? No. Nope. Um, well, this, no. guy, this guy influences. Well, I mean, besides this one. Um, How so could like they give Roger, out an uh, Holland. Well, oh, you're talking about for other... Holder. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking well, about for other I'm factions, getting, sorry. Yeah, what I'm getting at is that, like, with all these, you know, you know, um, if a great John wants to give his cards to an Umber unit, they have to be an Umber unit. Um, whereas uh, Axel is going to be able to make anyone. 
Yeah, exactly. Granted, you'll have to place him right away if you're looking to get a certain thing off, but he can make anyone you want to trigger off of your uh, tax card effects, whereas, like, Great John will only ever be able to do it for Great Axes, Berserkers, or the unit that you take him in. Um, And that limits, like, the potential of the combos. Granted, they're still pretty amazing, but... You know, the combos are limited only by the number of units you're allowed to take with uh, Baratheons in general. So all neutrals and all Baratheon units are going to be able to get uh, this effect since you could influence any of them. I'll be sure to put it on my plane, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, when you pass it, you know, you could charge them and then uh, make them panic. You could use that panic and then... Uh, when they uh, attack you back and you pass your morale and you can then replace the panic back on them and then they also become weakened, so that'd be nice. Or if, you know, your uh, wardens, um, you know, you pass your six-up morale, you can make them panic and weaken, so then when you attack them back, you can use the weakened as a vulnerable to get those attacks through, and then when they take their panic test, they're panicked, uh, and you can make them re-roll it. If they happen to roll one on that defensive save, you can place that weaken right back on them. So, definitely some nice combos there. What do you think, uh, Jose? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that he can do some really good combos. Um, I don't, and just in overall in general, I don't think anyone that's been shown for both Remy and Thanos. I think there's like potential for everybody. Uh you know, combo wise, um, just or even just based on their cards just in general. I think there's potential for everybody. Um <clears throat> the new Stannis based on what we said is maybe questionable, but we gotta I don't know, we gotta figure that out. Um but everybody else like for sure, I definitely think that uh there's potential, you know. I mean, for tons of different combos, um, and I'm I'm really excited to get my hands on everybody and kind of just see what I can pull off with everyone, just you know, overall. Yeah, and the nice thing is that like between these, granted, you know, each box is loyalty to different. Uh, the hero one and hero two is loyalty to different uh, command, like main commanders. But uh, I mean, it adds so much to just the you know you still only have the three units and but it adds so much uh variety um and then you give them like one more unit like uh if the the cavalry ever come out and then if you get the two specialty units i mean all of that right there will add a ton uh of replayability and different like outlets of creative creativity but yeah but uh yeah so show's almost up so we're gonna end it with uh, Mel. She's crazy strong. Um, oh Jesus, she's amazing. So yeah, she's yeah. I'm actually, just, to be honest, I'm actually most excited for her. Yeah. So she's. I am too. She's really powerful. I think she has a lot of potential. Uh, being able to do the wounds and then basically nuke people. I think uh, if if you have a way to counter her, uh, I would definitely take it in one of your lists in case you see it, you know, on your opponent's uh, um, list. So, but uh, we're running out of time. Uh, we're gonna end it there. Um, so uh, definitely 
uh, you know, stay tuned for the next episode. And thank you guys for, you know, tuning in. I know this was a longer episode. Um, definitely check back for next week. And uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in. This is a small council, and you are dismissed. Hey, is this uh, um, Dr. Walmer? It is. Hi, how you doing? Hey, sorry, the show went really long, and so we ran out of time uh, for the live part. But so uh, you were the only one that uh, called in right at the end, so I wanted to at least uh, get you on here to uh, win the, the unit box. Cool, man. Um, so um, I have... Uh, if by chance uh, we don't have the unit box you uh, or one that uh, you're interested in, uh, I'm sure we can make it work to get uh, one of the ones. Granted, uh, we don't have any of the stuff that's hard to find, like the great axes, but uh, let's see if I can look up what we got. We got like 30 different boxes you can choose from. Granted, some of them are duplicates, but what do you think of the show? I it was very interesting. I um, I play all the factions, but I don't um, I haven't really done much with Baratheons yet. They've been mostly sitting on the shelf. Um, I definitely agree with the discussion about Andrew. Um, I think he's the commander I'm most looking forward to using when I do uh, get the hero box. Um, a question I had, and I wondered if maybe it would be something you guys could discuss at a, a future um, show, though, is just, you know, it sounds like you guys are all tournament players. Um, uh, sort of. So yeah. Chris, uh, who was the one that didn't come on today, is our like super casual. That's actually like why I wanted him to be one of our hosts is because uh, you have me and Brett who are like really competitive, and then Justin and Jose, those are the two guys that were mostly talking other than me. Those two are kind of in the middle. They're like competitive but also casual. And then we have uh, Chris who's like – so we have a good mixture of uh, all of them. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I I come from, well, I think I, I come from an interesting perspective in that I used to play um, com- competitive fantasy when I was on the East Coast, but now I live in a really rural area where there's no community outside of you know one or two people that I've, I play with, and it's infrequent. Um, and a lot of the discussion around what sh- is you know meta shaping stuff seems to be driven in part based on, you know, like on the Discord and stuff, what reactions to big tournaments and what what tournament players pull out. Um, but, you know, like I'd have an interest in going to a tournament, but I don't have an opportunity to practice with, like, that kind of level of player. Um, and I just would love to hear thoughts on how to prepare if you're like me and you would travel to a big con to go to an event that you don't necessarily have people that you – can train with and I think my perspective is everybody has blind spots 
Um, and if you're kind of playing with the same one or two people every single game, you don't necessarily pull out your blind spots in the same way. So just from a tournament prep or trying to advance your game, your skill level when you're kind of isolated geographically, your thought, your guys' thoughts about that? Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, we haven't posted our, like, itinerary just because uh, we don't want to be, like, uh, set in set in it. Like, if we post it out there and then, like, a curveball happens, for example, like uh, that 96-person tournament that just happened in France, uh, we're going to do a show about that. But we didn't even know it was a thing until the other day. But uh, right. the – the Tuesday before Adepticon, we're actually doing like a um, uh, a show that will have a lot of those topics in it, like helping people people like prepare what they should you know what they should expect. Uh, we're having on as a guest uh, Martin, um, who is running the whole thing, and he's going to be talking mm. about the different tournaments and. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's definitely uh, that's something that would be good to talk about, especially like you're saying, you know, with like blind spots, uh, especially if your community um, is playing something wrong. Uh, that happens with any game pretty much. You know, you could get in a set way of doing something and not realize right. you're doing it wrong because it just becomes natural for everyone to just play it wrong because you just go, oh, that makes sense. But then you go, oh, I didn't, I didn't see it from that perspective and that makes sense that it works that way instead. Yeah, I think that's, but, that'll be a great show. I'm, I'll look forward to that. I think that's why one of the reasons I like your show is there's a kind of a high-level game discussion. There have been multiple times where I've heard a discussion about something that I haven't really quite thought of in that way. Um, like a simple example is um, the Blackfish and Set for Charge and the way that you talk about you know maximizing use out of that. And, you know, I tried him out as a commander and didn't find him that helpful based on the games that I ran against of Raider spam and the car just didn't do it what I needed it to do. And I think that that's just an example of limited data on my perspective. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I think um, being able to play like multiple different people and uh, or different, not even just different people, but just different like communities helps a lot too. Um, you get like a different mix of, you know, the different armies and what they do. And like you were saying uh, that you play pretty much all of them. I do the same. I mean, Starks is like my main, like if I'm going to something big, like Adepticon, it's pretty much my go-to. But uh, any of my local tournaments, I actually don't play Starks. Uh, I play anything but them. Um, and I try to mix it up. Uh, Starks is probably what I play I wouldn't say the least, but close to the least out of any of the armies when it comes to not like big time tournament events, uh, just because I mm -hmm. like the variety and I like to kind of, um, you know, I like to know how everything works. And not only does that help you um, with playing them themselves, but it helps me understand what my opponent is going to be thinking um, if I'm playing my Starks against them at like the bigger tournaments. So, you know, it, it, doesn't help if you've never played as or against free folk and then you go to a tournament and you have no idea what they're about and then you know they they're able to pull one over on you because you just didn't realize that combo existed or you know it's it's one of those things that it's just i guess practice uh the more you play the more you know you kind of figure out these little nuances yeah that makes sense 
That'll be a great episode. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Martin's an amazing guy. Um, he does so much for the community. It's ridiculous. It's hard to even explain how much he really does. The guy is like the most genuine, generous person I know. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times where he's he's just, uh, for example, our our um, he lives not too far from us, and he made it to a, one of our local tournaments, and he paid for everyone's entry, and then all of his store credit that he got, because for every, like, $100 you spend, you get, like, $10 in credit. He spent, like, a ton of money at the store, and then he told them to use all of the store credit towards our tournaments. So now, like, the last, like, three tournaments we've gotten in for free, and they put in money into the pot and gave us free unit boxes. Like, the guy is amazing. Wow. So if, I, don't know, I don't know if you're able to make it out to Adepticon, but... Um, He's definitely uh, an awesome guy, and we're going to have him on on uh, the Tuesday before. I forget which Tuesday is, like the 22nd or something like that. Um, but, yeah, uh, here's, a, here's a list of what units we have. Um, I do have two Stark units that are um, primed and magnetized, but they don't have boxes. They were just extra units of mine. Uh, it's Outriders okay. and Berserkers. Um, but... Other than that, uh, everything else is still shrink-wrapped. We have veterans, uh, Night's Watch veterans, uh, Cave Dweller, dweller Savages, uh, rain, Night's Watch Ranger Trackers, um, Free Folk Trappers, uh, Ranger Hunters, uh, let's see here, um, Lannister uh, Guardsmen, we have Krennicmen Trackers, we have Lannister Halberdiers, Stark Outriders, and then uh, just bought these ones at an auction that were all shrink-wrapped. It's uh, Bolton Bastard Girls, Builder Scorpion Crew, Savage Giants, Bolton Cutthroats, Tully Sworn Shields, Stark Hero Box 1, Stark Hero Box 2, Followers of Bone, and it looks like another Cutthroat. Uh, and then if none of those uh, are, like, something you need, uh, we can probably work something out and get you No, those else. are great. Those are great options. Um Let's go with uh let's go with the followers of bone. I um uh, with the with the new uh change to them. I'm keen to put some of them down on the table. Okay, cool. Yeah, if you haven't checked out our uh free folk episode, uh we talk about them quite a bit on there. Um but yeah, they're even before they're changed, they were my favorite unit. I just now I have a lot more of a reason to run them because they turned into from like an okay unit to like amazing yeah, I think the like Commander Weeper um, list with attachment rattle shirt and the bone looks chosen and throw some bears in there and just got mess people up. Yeah, especially if they're not like very good with morale, um, you could really start uh, hurting them. Like, like if they're a Lannister list, really isn't going to like them very much. Um, you know, because Lannisters don't have a lot to uh, to boost up them. I mean, if they have, like, guard captains, but I feel like I see guard captains a lot less now that the panic has changed. Um, they're mm-hmm. not so worried about their guardsmen uh, failing that panic. Uh, but um, otherwise, like, you know, besides guardsmen, with guard captain and guardsmen, like, they don't have a lot for their, you know, their morale is just okay, and they don't have ways to really increase it. So... Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that would be. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Awesome. Um, 
Uh, if you're able to, do you have a messenger? Uh, I do, yep. If you're able to shoot me a message on Messenger uh, with your address, I could uh, have that shipped out to you. Are you in the U.S.? Uh, yes. Yep. I'm in Colorado. Okay, cool. Then, yeah. Then uh, shipping is definitely on us. I don't know if you saw it. If, if you're out of the U.S., then it can get kind of pricey, so we just ask that they no, you know, meet sure. us like for halfway sure. or something. Because a box, even though it's only, you know, like a hand-sized box, it's <laughs> kind of being like 30 bucks to ship the thing. It's crazy. But, yeah, no, um, no, no doubt. What's the, um, you, just to be on the same page, uh, you, you mean Facebook, Facebook Messenger? Yeah, so you can send it to me, which is uh, David Meckler. And last name is M-E-C-K-L-E-R. Or if you can find my, uh, I post it on like every page, the um, the show. Uh, you can yeah, just click it, on my name. But yeah, yeah. Just send me uh, your uh, your info, um, and then I'll definitely have that sent out soon. Justin has the followers of Bone because he went to the auction for me while I went to the that tournament I was briefly mentioning um, that I went to the other uh, on Sunday. So he has the followers, but as soon as I can get them from him, I'll definitely ship them out. Or maybe if I PayPal him, he'll be able to ship them for me. Yeah, cool, man. Um, yeah, I'll awesome. And, uh, yep, and then uh, uh, I, we're probably going to be doing more uh, giveaways the next couple episodes. Unfortunately, it seems like a lot of people, now that we're on so many different um, recording sites, uh, we've mm-hmm. dropped a lot of our live viewers. Because uh, cause when we first started the show, uh, we were only on the Blog Talk site. Uh, like, we didn't have it, all the other stuff. So if you wanted to listen to the recordings, you had to be on the Blog Talk site. So we had a lot of, like, right. live listeners. But now that we're on, like, six or seven different recording sites, you know, it seems like our viewership has dropped. Or, like, the the live viewers have dropped quite a bit because they know that they can just listen to the show anytime. So uh, that's why we, we give out the unit box fairly we can entice people to listen to the live show. But, uh, yeah, yeah just, like uh, I think it's a as a listener, it's a hard thing to like feel like you want to um, to know to call in or know when because like you know you guys had such a great discussion and want to interrupt it um, and being aware of no, yeah that's why like the I flow of it will come back like, on a podcast and you try to try to wait till the end. Oh yeah, and I saw your comment right before like logging off because uh, we only get uh, two hours on air um, that's recorded. So it was like you have nine. You know, everyone else can't hear it, but it's like you have ninety seconds. And I'm like, oh crap, we haven't talked about Mel. And I'm like, yeah, our shows normally only go like an hour and a half, so this normally isn't a problem. And it's funny that the faction that has like not a ton of stuff, and we've gone to like time, and I'm just like, oh man, how did I let time slip away? And uh, and then I right before signing off, I saw your comment, and I'm like, well, I can't not give away the the box I was like I was just gonna like before you said something I was just gonna like go on the site and be like you know we'll give out like two boxes next week or something um but then I saw that you actually called in I was like oh perfect because it'll let me it'll let me and you talk for like I think it's like 20 minutes before it just boots us um but it's not recorded 
So mm-hmm. I figured I'd see yeah. if I can catch it real quick. But, uh, but yeah, we definitely, that's why we started the thing. We wanted it to be live because not a lot of people, like, like everyone's doing podcasts, which is fine. That's, that's part, like the podcasts are awesome, but the live aspect, um, I feel like adds something that, you know, it, you know, because we still are a podcast, like we still have all the same features that a uh, podcast has. We just have the additional benefit of being live. Granted, we can't edit even if we really wanted to. I think maybe we could go and find our recordings and edit them. But uh, if you're listening to us live, like it holds, holds us accountable a lot more, I suppose. Though the dangerous part is if we have any like serious guests on, they're they're gonna have to be extra careful not to like slip up or else it's you know it's out there. Uh, for right. example, we're trying well, to get a couple of Elon guys on. It, I imagine it's better for you too, though. You carve your time out to talk about it, and then you just post it. And it you know, it's it's up, right? You don't have to. You're not spending hours like editing it and trying to produce this like thing that becomes a big time sink for you. Yeah, and right now I'm in paramedic class, so I don't, like, if it wasn't for how convenient, like, this setup we have is, I probably wouldn't be able to do it because, I mean, I'm spending probably between work, class, and clinicals, and then my family. I mean, I barely have time to play. I mean, I still get to play enough um, that I'm able to, like, learn a lot of, like, the different combos and stuff, but, I mean, it's usually only, like, once a week, if that maybe like once every other week. But when I do, I try to like mm-hmm. spend the whole day like gaming. But um, yeah, medic class, medic class is pretty involved. Um, but luckily it'll be over in June and then we'll be able to hopefully, uh, you know, put more time and more stuff into the, into this show. Cause we definitely want to start like, um, I don't know, maybe more giveaways and more, uh, you know, more bonus episodes possibly because we do it every Tuesday because um, uh, that's what works for all of the hosts is that day. But I mean, we don't have to have every host every time. And I'm even, we're probably going to do like a post and a, a pre and a post game show for Adepticon. So like Friday night after the escalation tournament, probably do like a pregame show that, and that'll also like the, the bonus episodes will also give, um, uh, a reason to listen live because obviously if we're doing a pregame for the next morning you're probably not going to be able to listen to it in time if you don't listen to it live unless like you're listening to it right. later that night or something but um, mm-hmm. but we'll be doing like a pregame show Friday night after the escalation tournament about the main championship tournament the next day and then do a, a postgame show right after the main the championship game um, and then go over like, so the pregame will be like going over what we were, were predicting to see and what to expect and, you know, little tips and things you should try to do to be prepared. Uh, and then the post game will be like, this is what we actually saw and this is what happened. And, you know, uh, I think me, Brett, uh, and I forget if, Jose, I know um, Justin isn't, but forget if Jose and um, Chris are in the championship game. But if they're in there, I mean, we'll probably just spend it talking about like our, you know, who won and then like who we faced and what we saw. But very cool. Yeah, I'll look look forward to all that. I'll try to do my part in uh, helping to promote your what you guys are doing too. It's it's great. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, that would definitely be the best way. Um, we've had a po- couple people like, how do we, you know, do you guys have a uh, um, a Patreon or this, that? And it's like, let's hold off on the Patreon. I was like, we're still kind of new. I don't want to be like that, you know, that group that's like, hey, we just started. Start supporting us right away. It's more like just get the word out there and, you know, just kind of post a show. At least just let people know that we exist because you'd be surprised that even though I post, like, every week all the time and I'll post, you know, even sometimes multiple times a week as, like, reminders how many people don't see our posts and don't even know we exist. Um, but, uh, just get, yeah, just getting the word out there is, like, the best thing anyone can do for us right now. So I would definitely appreciate yeah. that. You got it, man. So, and I just sent you a message on, on Messenger, so you should hopefully see it. Uh, let's see. Let's make sure I got it. Oh, hey. It's fun. Oh, your last name is Andrew. I thought your first name was. I was like, that's kind of funny because I think the that NCU commander or whoever it was, or the, the one commander, I'm like, hey, Andrew. I was like right. talking to it. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, awesome. So I got your address, and we'll definitely get that sent out to you. And then we'll probably be doing another. We'll probably be doing giveaways uh, for a while, because like I said, we have uh, our old store went out of business, and I was like, hey, I was like, whatever you can sell me for super cheap, and I was like, I'll buy it. So he sold like the guy sold me all of his unit boxes for like ten bucks each, and I just figured, you know, we've been giving away like starter sets and boxes for free at all of our tournaments, and I'm just like, I even doing that, we have so many boxes, and everything I named to you, we have like mostly two or three of all of it, and um, I just need to get rid of it somehow. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, might as well great, just start giving them away on the show. Yeah, and yeah, you know, totally. it's not like I'm doing anything with them. So, but uh, yeah. all right, awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, you know, hopefully, definitely call back uh, next week. We're talking about Targaryens, um, unless something comes up. But that should be our next week's uh, that because that's the last faction before uh, uh, Adepticon. Or out of we've done every faction but Targaryens at this point, and so since we only have two more Tuesdays before Adepticon, that was the plan was to have all of the factions done and then have the last one to be like a like a pre-Adepticon show to for everyone to like listen to uh, and get the gist of everything. So yeah, if you call in next week, um, even if you if you want to call in, like call in early and I'll let you on and you can like kind of talk like from the get-go. Uh, but to, uh, it definitely shouldn't go that long next week because um, none of us play Targaryens, whereas three of the five hosts play Baratheon, so that's kind of like we're so in-depth with this one. Um, yeah, interesting. So, so yeah, definitely if yeah, you I have time, have call in next one. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I have time, and if I if I don't, let me plug a, something I'd be, love to hear your guys' thoughts on is Targs and Dance with Dragons. Um, if you're running, like, not, like, you know, if you're just trying to go the all-cav route, because I've I've really struggled with that game mode with that faction in terms of like how to approach that, you know, um, mm-hmm. you, you grab the objectives first and that's not what the cab want to be doing. Or do you, do you let the opponent get it and you hope to punch him? And it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird mode um, for the faction where the faction is right now. I'd, I'd love, to, love to hear you guys talk about that. Yeah, definitely. I'll let me write that one down. I mean, I'm sure we will talk about it. Um, 
but just in case. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely something that um, even even uh, other factions struggle with. Like, uh, what is it? Um, like a list that I don't see too much anymore, but I used to see all the time was a uh, triple um, Knights of Castle Rock with two Lannister Guardsmen, and then you had like High mm-hmm. Sparrow and Cersei. And like the problem with that list is all three of those knights have to be charging. Like, I guess they don't have to, but really you, I mean, to get most of it, you have to, or most effectiveness out of it, you have to charge. If you're, you know, you have the two guardsmen to go grab the objectives, but they're so slow, they're probably not going to grab them. Um, Meaning you have just your knights to get there first, but if they grab them, you're not charging. So, um, it's definitely something that you have to worry about. Granted, now, Targaryens have the opposite uh, benefit of Clash of Kings favors cavalry so much it's ridiculous. So uh, it's kind of, I guess, a fair trade-off in that sense that they're going to have one mission where they really suck, uh, but one mission where, like, it, you know, because a cavalry unit in Clash of Kings is guaranteed a charge to any unit controlling an objective every round because. You start up 12, you free move your six, putting you like five and a half inches away from anyone that's on, completely on an objective, meaning you're right. gar- you, even if you roll one, you'll be disorderly, but you're guaranteed to get in there. I'm with you. My my main opponent, though, is uh, runs 12 activation free folk, and like to, to your point you guys discussed in the last podcast about free folk in that game mode, it's just that's tough. So, yeah, I know I know we're running late, but yeah, it's just interesting, you know, that it's, and that's a that's a perspective where it's like if I was in a place with you, like where you guys are at the game store, and lots of different different players, and you get to try different kinds of matchups. It's you know, right now I'm kind of trying to problem solve the same thing over and over, and it feels kind of difficult. No, yeah, I agree. So, um, I have it written down, but it would be cool if uh, if you do get a chance to call in and if you could ask uh, ask the question um uh not only to yeah, extra yeah, remind me but you know that'll it'll be nice to have you know someone from outside the show like come in and you know ask a, a legitimate question that I'm sure a lot of like Targaryen players are you know probably struggling with and that's why we're talking about Baratheons and Targaryens is cuz I think I mentioned it at the beginning of the show but even though they're early and there's not much options I mean, you're going to have those Baratheon and Targaryen players. That that's all they really play, and this is what they got. This, so it wouldn't be fair to just not talk about them just because there's not much to them. You know, I don't plan to play Baratheons at the main event, um, but I was still passionate about making sure that, you know, people got some good, you know, tips and tricks and things that they could bring to Adepticon and same thing with Targaryens. And you're definitely going to see Dance with Dragons be a mission um, that you're going to have to play. It'll definitely be a nice, like, way to help, uh, you know, the Targaryen players kind of figure out what they need to do. But the nice thing is you can have two lists. So you could always make one list have, like, cutthroats in it or something. Um, mm-hmm. I know it, yeah. I don't know how well. Unfortunately, Targaryens, uh, because I haven't gotten much to play lately. Targaryens, I have yet to play a game with. Uh, I've played against them quite a bit because uh, a couple of the other guys at the shop have uh, really gotten into them. But 
I've yet to play them as, you know, myself, so I'm not really familiar if the cards themselves will mix with, like, the bolt-ins or the neutrals in general, but I think that would be, um, that would be, like, my first go-to would be, you know, running uh, uh, cutthroats, and the reason I say cutthroats, or uh, or even possibly flademen, because even though flademen have gotten worse, uh, they give you that staying power, granted you get those bonuses on the charge, but once you're holding the objective, at least you have that three-up save, swinging with a bunch of yeah. dice. But I wouldn't say Blackguard, because Blackguard are so slow that they wouldn't mesh well with the um, the rest of the army, and they might not get to the objectives quick enough. But yeah, so I would definitely say Cutthroat yeah, or even Flayed uh, Men. Pre-1.5.1, the double Flayed Men were pretty, pretty mandatory for that game mode, in my opinion, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll see. You know, it depends on my schedule. I'm on I'm on call on Tuesdays, but if I can uh, swing it, I'll call in and ask the question myself. I'll send those that box out to you as soon as I can, and uh, I'll send you a tracking too. That way, you know to expect it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for uh, you know hanging around and giving us some feedback. Yeah, cool, man. I love what you're doing. Thanks for the thanks for the box and thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no problem. All right, I'll talk to you next week, hopefully. Sounds good. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.